morning. <clears throat> this is Ann Byington, president of the Kansas Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, for the first thing we'd like to do is introduce our hosts. And uh, I think it's Sheila Young, right? Sheila? Yes, ma'am. Good okay. morning. Good morning. And Sheila, if you would, could you go through the Zoom commands for uh, raising your hand and all that sort of thing, and then we'll we'll get into our thank yous. Yes, ma'am. I'd be happy to. If you're on a PC, it is Alt Y. If you're on a Mac, it is Option Y. If you're on a device, a smart device, it is in the middle of your screen. Double tap on raise hand. And if you're on a standard keypad it is star nine when you are given the okay to unmute then it is alt a on your pc it is command shift a on a mac it is on the bottom left of a smart device normally and it is star six on a landline or, or not a landline but a standard keypad okay thank you mm -hmm. uh we want to thank the First of all, we want to thank ACB Radio for hosting these meetings. We never could do this without ACB Radio. Rick Moore and Cecily Nipper, uh, the host from Thursday and Friday, Monica, Sheila, Allison, <clears throat> Joe, Anthony Corona. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but... We really, really do appreciate your assistance. This is, makes it a lot easier. Also, I want to thank our sponsors, Envision, for a $1,000 donation. <clears throat> Door Prize contributors, Nanopack, Kathy Dawson, Nancy Johnson, Byington Advocacy Consulting of Kansas. Uh, let's see who else. I can't remember the rest of them. Too soon. Oh, yes, Pat Tusing, the Literacy Project. Can't forget her. <clears throat> and the, oh, uh, Nancy I'm Johnson. Sorry. I'm the sorry. America, the first U.S. America or whatever. Oh, Envision America, yes. Envision America, yeah. Right. And okay. Nanopack. I said Nanopack. Okay, well. All right. You. So thank you very much for your door prizes. We've got a few more to give out today. So stay tuned. Um, I would like to do something that we haven't done in the past couple of years, but we used to do every year. I would like Michael <clears throat> to read the list of people who are registered. I wish they'd been here yesterday during our election, but maybe that we'll have more participation today. Could you do that for me, Michael, please? I can. I had the list right on the top of my papers here and now I shuffled it so let me ah there it is okay uh slowly these are not uh the total number of people who may be listening because we are on ACB radio and there's people getting in from wherever but these are the people who registered for the convention which absolutely guaranteed that they got the uh, link to participate by zoom and they uh, uh were eligible for door prizes there are, are 42 of them, uh, and uh, the list is uh, Hazel Beal, 
Susie Benega, Paul Bershide, Angel Heather Blair, Debbie Brummer, Wes Brummer, Ann Byington, Michael Byington, Noreen Karushi, hope I got that right, Robert Chaffin, Nancy Chaffin, Marilee F. Collins, Kathy Dawson, Sharna Dahl, Evelyn Fitz Fitzpatrick, Ron Howard, Nancy Johnson, James Lawler, Elizabeth Lawler, Sharon Lockhart, Donna Lowe, Joanne Martin, Julie McCullough, Kirk McCullough, Faye McGuire, Michael Monteferranti, Bill Moore, Hermine Moore, Kimberly Morrow, Mary Pennington, Ty Pennington, Genevieve Schreiner, Walter Schreiner, Richard Schutz, Catherine Smith, Henry Staub, Debbie Tegadoff, Patsy Teller, Thomas, uh, I'm sorry, Carolyn Thomason, and Pat Tusing, and Ron Downs. Did we miss anybody, Bob? Um, yeah, Susan F Fagan. Oh, oh good. Okay. She was number 42, and I didn't have that on the bottom of my list. Well, those are some names, but most of us are familiar with some of them. Got a few new ones that I don't know, but um, hopefully more of them are listening today. Um, we thought that for a minute or two, since we've got a little time, <clears throat> oh, first thing I need to do is go through the program. The next presenter is Jay Meadow from AT Guys at 10 or 9.15. After him, we're gonna have three videos from Good Maps. And I'm not gonna explain Good Maps too much because Michael will be speaking about them. But um, after the videos, Mike May, Chief Evangelist for Good Maps will be hopefully calling in to answer questions. And I hope people have questions because this is a brand new technology that should be of interest to all of us. <clears throat> um, I was kind of laughing when we talked about, when we set these, uh, this meeting up about chief evangelist and Rick Morin, the ACB streamer tells me that that really is a job title nowadays. I didn't know that, but apparently if you're the expert of experts in a company and they don't know how to, utilize your expertise, you get the title of chief evangelist. Um, at 11.40 or thereabouts, we're gonna have a kind of a general discussion on a lot of different topics, but the main ones will be setting up a users group with Carolyn Thomason, who is our membership chair. Uh, also, we'll talk about membership, some membership issues maybe some fundraising issues. Um, and 
I guess that's what we're talking about. I don't have anything else down there. Um, okay, then at 12.05, we are going to have white cane users uh, alerting drivers. And this is by Dr. Jean Berkwin, who is the a researcher, longtime researcher, and uh, this presentation was done at the ACB convention. And when he did it, he was in Thailand. It was about five o'clock in the morning for him. So he really is someone who goes above and beyond the call of duty. The blurb on it says, pedestrian control over drivers yielding. All pedestrians are reliant on drivers to yield when they uh, move into spaces like crosswalks uh, with vehicles. Many variables affect drivers' behaviors. This presentation reviewed factors that affect the behaviors, emphasizing the principles and techniques pedestrians can use to increase the likelihood of drivers yielding. And um, I don't know any blind person who shouldn't be interested in this presentation. It's really very interesting and quite informative. At 1.20, we have guidelines and gadgets with, with Barry Schur. Uh, and those of you who don't know him, I don't think we've had him on a convention before, but He's a very uh, fun guy who talks about all kinds of different things that their company sells. They sort of cater to the guide dog community, but not only the guide dog community. They sell other products that we should be interested in. At 225, we will have another video from the Kansas State School for the Blind on White Cane Safety Day presentations that they did. Uh, featuring some friends of ours. One is Sheila Styron, whom some of you may know as our Kansas City, Missouri uh, buddy who is part of the transportation committee of ACB. And I'm going to get together with her uh, shortly after this convention because last year they did a presentation on out and about with canes and guide dogs. And I think we need to talk about when you can't walk and do the things that good cane travelers and guide dog users do. And then last, but by no means least, we have Wes Brimmer at uh, 3.30, and he's going to talk about his new book, Stalag Sunflower. And he has another book that's in the blurb of the program. It's on talking books. Stalag Sunflower isn't yet, but it will be, hopefully. So now I've used up all your time, Michael, but you can talk about Everdue for a few minutes. Well, yes, most humorous uh, yesterday. Anne was really afraid that she didn't have enough material to cover the 15 minutes she had given herself at the beginning of the day. So today she wanted me to have this presentation ready. And today she used up almost all of her time. But very quickly, I wanted to tell you about the development of Everdue Plaza in Topeka and how the Good Maps presentation may have an impact on putting this uh, thing together. 
uh, on, on helping make Evergy Plaza accessible. Evergy Plaza uh, is a large walking and entertainment venue type plaza that was put smack dab in the middle of downtown Topeka. Uh, they, uh, the city, well, not the city, but a group of private investors bought and demolished uh, about a half a block's worth of buildings to put this uh, outdoor venue in. And although it is an outdoor venue, it actually has features like a uh, heated fire pit that can be turned on. So parts of it can be used uh, year round, like gathering around a campfire. It's a fire that is fed by, I assume, natural gas and uh, does not require wood or anything. And it's uh, nicely protected but it gives a section of the plaza that can be heated as needed year round. It's a great place for walking. Uh, it is fully wheelchair accessible. They've done a good job of putting ramps in and so on. So it's possible to get everywhere, but everywhere there is a ramp, there are also steps and those steps don't really have much warning before you get to them. And often they are located at odd angles. So it can be a surprise to encounter those steps. It has a stage and the entire front of the stage has steps coming down to it, again, which are on a uh, curved uh, sort of a spherical shape, uh, like a stage apron. So that means that uh, you've got a lot of unmarked sudden access to stairs that are a little bit hard to plan on uh, if you're performing on stage at Evergy Plaza. Uh, I am delighted with its uh, addition to the public features in downtown uh, Topeka because as a person who is still uh, doing some teaching of orientation and mobility and uh, who has office space in the same building as uh, KABVI, and although I am uh, semi-retired, certainly more retired than I was when I had my school caseload, I uh, am maintaining my office for a while longer to continue to provide those services mostly pro bono to the people who need them because uh, there just really isn't any funding in Kansas for orientation and mobility, particularly for anyone who is uh, too old to be in the school systems where good services are available and provided across most of the state, as you learned yesterday. And uh, when the older blind program can kick in at 55, they have some O&M capabilities, but uh, they're stretched awfully thin. So I try to help out sometimes with those as well. And Evergy Plaza is a great place to start teaching cane skills because you do have all of those unanticipated steps and uh, you've got large areas to practice uh, straight travel and uh, just a bunch of really good things. I, I love Evergy Plaza. However, not every blind person in the world has the benefit of good O&M training. And that is one of the reasons that the uh, U.S. Access Board has said that we all deserve some accommodations in the environment as well. And while, okay, while while we have done those uh, those uh, things for folks in wheelchairs with Evergy Plaza, there's really none for blind folks. One of the other things about it, which is uh, kind of interesting is it's got what is known as an open fountain area, which in the summertime, kids can play in the fountains and so on. 
But what that means is there's no barrier between the walking areas and the areas that water comes out of uh, the, the cement. And so you can be walking along in Evergy Plaza. And if you haven't, uh, uh, if you're not on the schedule, uh, all of a sudden, jets of water can come up and absolutely soak you when you're not expecting it. Those are things that we would like to see some solutions with. And we are asking for the installation of detectable truncated dome detectable warnings on some of the stair issues, which because of the way the, the uh, plaza is uh, funded and, and owned, it's not absolutely required under the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act accessibility guidelines, but it is recommended. And they're looking at that. And we have also requested that they do something so that a large information board uh, can provide uh, information about uh, what is going to be happening there, including when the water is coming on, that's accessible to people who can't see the board. We think that particularly good maps may be one of the best options for that. And I did send them a note about the good maps presentations and ask that uh, some of their people be uh, present and listen to that. I don't know if they'll be able to or not, but uh, I'm very pleased to say that an article that I wrote in the KABVI News about the things that we were attempting to do at Evergy Plaza uh, apparently got read somehow, and I don't know who sent it to them because they weren't on our usual mailing list by a lot of the executives involved with the development of Evergy Plaza. And we had a good meeting with them at our KABVI office and they are certainly looking at and willing to entertain some of the things that we're asking for. So we want to do our part and follow up on that. And I think that this uh, good math presentation and probably some of the others are going to be very relevant to us moving those uh, activities forward. And I do not want to cut into JJ's time. So I will look forward to that. And thank you very much. So Jay, are you here? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning. I don't, I don't think we've ever met, but I know your name. I know you did a presentation. Was it last night on the um, shell phone? I was did. It? Yes, on the uh, on the Kentucky call for a runabout. Right. Um, okay. I'm gonna let you talk. Do you want? Would you, would you like questions to interrupt you, or do you want to? Have people wait till the end of your presentation to ask. Let's questions. wait to the end, but I won't, the end will not be the full hour for sure. I'm only plenty of time for questions, and we. Will, okay, uh, well, our group isn't real good about asking questions, but maybe I'll have a few. So thank you for coming. Hey, not a problem. We'll, we'll we'll find a way to fill the time, or otherwise we'll we'll end a little early. And uh, okay, either way, well, but definitely appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. So, um, by the way, I. I I'm not sure if anyone benefits from uh, from video. I see a couple people do a video on. Um, we I, do. Okay. We do have video I, on. I have a couple of the products I'll show up. I'll hold up. Obviously, I'll describe things as well because I'm blind and most of you are blind anyway. So, or you know, low vision. So we'll we'll do it that way. But and again, thank you so much. Um, for inviting me, it's really uh, uh, one of the, the things that has resulted of all these virtual conventions is we get to travel to a lot of places that we've never been to, tra you know, travel via Zoom. <laughs> so here we are in Kansas, and I've never been to Kansas, but I would love to come to Kansas in, in person sometime. It would be awesome. It's um, I'm doing the uh, 
the lifelong the 50 states challenge and i think i'm up to about 30 but uh need to uh need to add kansas so uh definitely uh hopefully maybe there's an in-person uh, convention one of these times or we can get back to that and we'll do that but in the meantime, happy to uh, talk to everyone about what we do here at AT Guys. So uh, my name is JJ Meadow. I am a co-founder of AT Guys, the AT standing for Access Technology. And I'll give our contact information and such now, and I'll do it again at the end. And I also did, like I did last night, I did create a coupon code that people can use. Uh, that'll help you uh, get a little bit of a discount on things as well. And I'll say that at the end. So, um, our website is A as in Apple, T as in Tom, guys.com. So that's ATGuys.com. Our phone number, and I'll repeat it, is 269-216-4798. That's 269-216-4798. And you can email us at support at atguys.com. So like I said, we do lots of all sorts of access technology. We've been around since 2008. We're a blind-owned company. We try to really foster independence and inclusion uh, for people who are blind because we, we want to do the same thing as everybody else. And we do that through technology, through selling technology, through doing some training and consulting and things like that. We've actually worked with Good Maps in the past, really good people. and. Uh, Look forward to that presentation as well. So we do a lot of access technology products uh, to benefit people around the home. Whether you're a high-tech person and you want all the latest gadgets that come out, the newest speakers, the newest headsets, or if you want things that are perhaps a little bit simple, if you just want something like a digital voice recorder uh, to help you out, we have it all covered for you. So I'm going to go through uh, some of the products. I'll uh, demo a few of them in a little more detail and kind of describe some of the other things that we have available. And everything that I mentioned, you can, like I said, you can either order on our website or you can call us up as well and we can put your order in for you over the phone. So, the, uh, uh, the Blind Shell was just mentioned, so I'll start there. Uh, the Blind Shell is a simple yet smart phone. So, what we try to do with the Blind Shell phone is create a phone that happens to do a lot of the features that your advanced phones like an iPhone or an Android phone does, but do it in perhaps a, a bit simpler mode to make it a little bit easier for some people to, to move around and move through the screens and everything like that. So there's several things that the blind shell has going for it. One, tactile buttons. That's one of those things that I know is sometimes hard to find, but the blind shell has completely a tactile interface. So. Everything you know, from dialing uh, phone numbers or being on online or phone banking systems, things like that. Every all the keypad, the keys, the numbers are all tactile. There's also a headphone jack. Remember those things that phones used to have that you plug a pair of headphones in? Uh, there's a headphone jack on the blind shell too. Also, everything talks. So if you don't have a smartphone and you have some sort of a, a low-end flip phone or you know some sort of simple phone that you might have got from your carrier you might notice that it does a few features that talks. It might have voice prompts. Um, it, it might do some very simple voice guidance, things like that, but it doesn't do much more. So if you try to go into the menus, if you try to say use simple things, the phone will stop talking. Well, what's the point of that? If we're blind people, we need everything on the phone to talk. Of course, it's gonna work better. So every menu, every feature on this phone talks. 
So it's a candy bar style phone. I'm going to hold it up to the camera and let me know if I need to move it or something so you guys can see it better. But it's a candy bar style phone. And on the bottom half of the top, you have the buttons. So there's two rows of three. I'm going to bring it back down now. Um, there's two rows of three buttons on the top. So you have the top left corner, there's the button that gives you the notifications, it tells you the Wi-Fi status, tells you how much battery is left in the phone, uh, things like that. Below that, on the left side, is the send button, which is you know for sending, making a phone call. It's also the OK button. Uh, on the right top right corner is the repeat button. So if you press that, it'll repeat the last thing that was just spoken. In fact, if you hold down the top right button, it'll spell the last thing that was spoken. Below that is the back button. So if you want to get out of whatever you're doing, or if you want to get out of the phone call that you're currently on, you press the back button, which is also the end button. In fact, if you hold down that button, it'll bring you all the way back to the main menu. In between that are two flat uh, lines, horizontal line buttons. The one on the top is the up arrow. The one on the bottom is the down arrow. Below that, you have the keypad, the 12 numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, star, zero, pound, and a nice big dot on the number five. There's volume keys on the left side. On the right side, there's a button that if you press it, it'll activate your list of favorite applications. You can take anything on the phone and you can add it to your list of favorite applications. If you hold down that button, it'll give you voice commands. On the back, there's a single recessed SOS button that you can assign a contact to for an emergency. Also on the back, there is a removable battery, as well as spots for the SIM card that you'd use for phone service, and a, a micro SD memory card if you would like to put in an external memory card to store more things like music or books or other stuff. There is the headphone jack on the top that I mentioned, and on the bottom is a charging port. It is USB-C, so it's a pretty modern type of charger. It's a lot easier to plug in than previous versions of USB-C. And of course, we'll give you the cable and we'll give you a uh, charging cradle as well. We'll also give you a pair of earbuds in the box. So I'm gonna plug this phone in quickly and just kind of demonstrate quickly a couple of the features uh, of the blind shell too. Menu position Oops, indication, so the Five, main, 10, 26 a.m. 10, 26 a.m., there we go. I'm in Eastern time here. So um, it's I'm on the main menu and what I can do is I can press the send button which is above the number one. Call, one of seven. Uh, there we go. And so right now you heard it say call one of seven. So this is the main menu. We're on the call thing or the call button. And there are seven different choices in that menu. That's why it says one of seven. So to go through the menus, you just press the up or the down arrow and it'll go through the options. And whenever you want to select something, you press the OK button. If you want to get out, you press the back button. That is pretty much how everything on the phone works. So as far as learning a lot of things, the learning curve, it's pretty simple. 95% of everything you do on this phone is going to be that same process. You go up and down to select something, and you press OK to select it or back to get out. So, of course, under the call spot, you can make phone calls. You can dial a name. You can dial a number. You can do any number of things uh, to make phone calls. So if I press the down arrow. Messages. Two of seven. There's messages. Of course, you can uh, send or receive text messages. Uh, there, hey, there's our train. Anyone who listens to our Blind Bargains podcast is quite familiar with the train. It comes by at various points around here uh, during the day. There it is. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the second menu option, as I mentioned, is texting. You can send or receive messages. You can text multiple people um, as well. Uh, you have contacts. Con Three of you seven. You have contacts. You can put as many people in you want, as your phone as you want. 
You can assign them to a speed dial if you'd like. Uh, you can store more than just their phone number too. You can store their email address, you can store their physical address, um, other notes, company information, anything that you want to put in about them. So if that's all you want to do with the phone, if you're just looking for a simple phone to make some phone calls, uh, have a few contacts, maybe text your friends, that's totally fine. You can do just that and then ignore the next five minutes of what I'm going to talk about. But there are more features on this phone that are available. And like I said, the cool thing about this phone is that everything talks. So one of those flip phones, it might have these types of features, but these are the features that just don't talk on a flip phone and they do talk on this phone. So let me press down arrow. Applications, four of seven. Applications is everything else that's available on the phone. I'm gonna press the okay button. Internet browser, one of 10. Now notice you hear one of 10, so there's a whole bunch of choices here. And the internet browser is the first one. So there is a basic web browser. It's actually based on Firefox. That's really pretty easy to use. You again, you just hit up and down arrow to go through the web page, and you can press the OK button. And whenever you hear a link, to open a link, so you can definitely use it to uh, do web searches. Um, you know, do a lot of web browsing type tasks. They go to Wikipedia, go to the web page for your affiliate, whatever you'd like to do. So if I press down arrow, tools, two of ten. So under tools we actually have all sorts of even more things. So let me go into this menu because under tools, you're gonna hear a whole bunch of more choices. Alarm, one of 10. Such as an alarm. You can set an alarm uh, to go off at a certain time every day. Battery running out of power. Uh oh, well, you know, I'll have to plug in the phone. <laughs> See, again, it's accessible. It tells you everything. Calculator, two of 10. Uh, there's a calculator, four function calculator. Calendar. Three of 10. Calendar is pretty nice. You can add events. You can uh, have it remind you of certain events. It'll go off whenever uh, the event is coming up. Flashlight, four of 10. That's pretty self-explanatory. Minute timer, five of 10. There's a uh, timer and a stopwatch. Notes, six of 10. Notes lets you uh, take uh, text notes and you can put them in. Now you can do this by inputting uh, text by the old fashioned, uh, you know, uh, using the keypad where A, A, B, C is on the number two and D, E, F is on the number three, or you can more simply use voice dictation to dictate your note and it will put it in by a text. Stopwatch, seven of 10. That's the opposite of the minute timer. So that's the stopwatch that counts up. Uh, up. Unit converter, eight of 10. Now unit for converter will go say from Celsius to Fahrenheit or inches to centimeters, things like that. Voice recorder, nine of 10. Your voice recorder, now if, say if you prefer to take notes via voice, well you can do that as well. You can just record voice notes and you can store as much on your phone as allows. And if, like I said, you could get a memory card and put even more uh, storage on here. Weather, 10 of 10. And the weather, tells you the current temperature and you can get the forecast. So let me get out of this menu. Calendar, three of 10. Oops. Tools, there we go. two of 10. Communication. <laughs> Three of 10. And I'll go through some of the rest of these pretty quickly. So under communications, you have things like um, email, but there's also, a, we have a thing on this phone called the Blind Shell App Catalog. So there are additional apps that you can download. Now we don't have every single app. We're not like an iPhone where you can get millions of apps. And the reason we do it this way is because we want to curate every single app and make sure it's going to work and be just as accessible as the apps that are already on here. But there are some apps that you can get, for instance, WhatsApp, which is a messaging program, and Facebook Messenger, which you can use to talk to people as well. So again, these are available. You don't have to download them if you don't want, but they are available to get for free as a part of the phone. Media, four of 10. Under media are things like an MP3 music player, an internet radio player, 
an FM radio. If you plug in a pair of headphones, you can listen to FM radio, etc. Books, five of ten. There's a simple book player that will read books in text format. It'll also read books in Daisy format, which is used on sites like Bookshare. Games, six of ten. And you got to have some games too. So if you want, we want to play some Hangman. If we have extra time, we'll play Hangman. <laughs> we can play. Uh, there's a dice roller. Um, there's some card games on here. A whole bunch of just random fun little games. Vision aids, seven of ten. Now, vision aids is kind of an interesting category. There's a few additional features that are built in, such as a color identifier. There's a thing called blind shell beepers, which you can use. You can attach one of these beepers to something around your house, like your keys or your children, whatever you lose often. And then you can press <laughs> <laughs> you can press the button on the blind shell and it will beep uh, whatever, you, whatever you have attached it to. Hobby, eight of ten. Uh, Hobby has a couple of new things like a guitar tuner and a metronome. Travel, nine of ten. And under travel, we got some... Um, uh, there's uh, some basic travel apps there. App catalog. App catalog. Ten of ten. Uh, there's app catalog. So if you, there's even more apps that you, you can get. So you can look, you can browse through. And like I said, everything is menu driven. You can browse through. You can download apps. Um, you can do all that type of stuff. I don't want to spend the whole hour on this, but there's still, there's a lot of different features available. Um, we get asked about how do you learn about all this stuff? Well, the manual is available right on the phone itself, or you can download it online if you want to even look at it before you purchase. That's totally fine as well. Um, or we can email it to you as well. Um, there's also email and phone text support that's available. There's also a email group that is available as well. So there's lots of ways to get help uh, about the phone. Now, as far as what it will work with, first of all, you don't need phone service to do everything except for making a phone call and sending a text. If you want to just actually do a lot of that other stuff that I was just going through and use it as a media player or a book reader, things like that, you can totally do that without even getting phone service. But most people are going to want to get some sort of phone service. And that works through uh, through uh, several carriers, including T-Mobile, including Metro PCS, Straight Talk, Mint Mobile, and a few others. Unfortunately, we are not with Verizon or AT&T. It has to do with uh, licensing or getting approved on their network. The phone would definitely work with it if we can find the right people with those companies, one of, you know, it's one of the executives, et cetera. Um, they, they have an approval process, but it is not there currently, but it is on those other networks. And we're happy to provide anyone with a list of phone networks that you can bring your blind show to, and you could bring your phone number with you as well. The phone's available for 489 and it's available now from our website, or you can call us up, like I said, uh, to get the phone. Now, the coupon, I'll mention the coupon now because it kind of partly ties into this. So the coupon is KABVI22. So K-A-B-V-I-22. The coupon's through the end of the month. And if you buy a blind shell phone, you will give you one of those beepers so you can locate your children <laughs> or your keys for free. So if you uh, use that coupon code or you don't, you know, if you forget the coupon, but if you call us and say, I, I heard you at the, the Kansas Association for the Blind Convention, that's totally fine. We'll, we're not going to quiz you on the coupon code that you might have forgot. So that's totally fine. But it's, it's let us know that and then we will give you one of those beepers for free. The Blind Show is already free shipping. Uh, the coupon will also give you free shipping on anything on $79 or more on our website. So, there are lots of other things. Let me uh, turn this off just so the battery doesn't die right away. There we go. We have a lot of other cool tech stuff, some of which works with the Blind Show phone, some of which, if you're an iPhone user, and you're like, I already have a phone, I don't need that phone. Well, we have lots of stuff for you as well. 
Brand new this week. So this is our newest product. We are pleased to once again bring back accessible power banks. Power banks are these little batteries that you carry around with you. You put them in your pocket or your purse, and you can use them to charge your devices when you cannot find an outlet. And you know, finding an outlet, obviously, if you're on a, if you're on say an airplane or you're on a bus, see there may or may not be an outlet. Oh gosh, and how many times have you been on one of these and like, oh yeah, we have electric outlets on every seat, and then you plug it in, no, it ain't working. Okay, <laughs> they're supposed to be electric outlets at every seat, but maybe they're actually every other seat. Well, I always carry a power bank with me, and I'm glad that we have a new accessible model. So power banks essentially let you plug in a phone or anything else with USB, and you can charge your devices when you're away from an outlet. And you can get these all over the place. But the problem is with any regular power bank is you don't know how much power is left in the power bank. So you plug the thing in, like, all right, we're all set, and then it just doesn't charge and you are out of luck. So an accessible power bank, I think in the pantheon of things that you know we want to make accessible, I think having accessible power bank is right up there because you really want that peace of mind to know that there's gonna be power in your power bank before you leave. So how does that work? Well, it beeps or vibrates to let you know how much power is left in the power bank. So this is our larger one. It is a 20,000 milliamp, so it's about the size of a, a cell phone, but the, this one's a little bit thicker than a cell phone because it is 20,000 milliamps. What does that mean? That means you could charge your iPhone about six times off of one charge of this power bank. Now, if that's a little overkill, we do also have a 10,000 milliamp version. It's like this, but about half as thick. So it's about the size of a cell phone and about that form factor of five inches long, a couple inches wide and half inch thick. So what happens on the side here, I can press this button. I'm gonna hold this up to the microphone. and you heard it vibrate four times. Actually tells me the power bank is full, or at least above 75%, that's good to know. So this thing is full and this is ready to go. Now, if you don't want, to, you don't want vibrations, we also have a beep mode. I can hold down this button on the side. Now you can get the same feedback. In beep mode, and again, four beeps tells me that this battery pack is fully charged and ready to go. If it were three beeps, it would be around 75%. Two beeps, 50%, one beep, 25%, and zero beeps, charge it, for sure. So, what you can do is you can plug in actually up to two different things into this uh, power bank to charge. So there's a regular full-size USB port, and there's a USB Type-C port, which is a modern port, like I was saying on the blind shell has it, that's used on a lot of newer devices. So you could charge up to two things at once, um, and then you charge the battery by plugging in a cable from the either the USB Type-C port or the micro USB port to a wall plug or a computer. And if all these Type-C micro USB are confusing to you, again, just ask, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to explain to you what the difference is between all these types of things and helping you make sure you get the right cords and cables for the gadgets, gizmos, and doohickeys that you have. So that's what we're here for, uh, to help you out with all of that. So the 10,000 milliamp is available for $75. The 20,000 milliamp is available for $99. So obviously not a lot of price difference to get twice as much power, but maybe you want the smaller one because it's a little bit lighter. It's about half the weight at uh, seven ounces versus about 13 and a half ounces for the 20,000. Um, but what if either one would fit into a pocket or it would fit into a purse, uh, whatever you'd want to do. We have speakers. And this is the one thing especially I wish I was here in person to do because speaker demos are amazing in person. I love Bluetooth speakers because they've gotten louder and smaller 
and they, they you can really start a party with a nice Bluetooth speaker these days, and they for a re pretty reasonable price. We sell two of them from a company called Tribit. Tribit is a company that makes a lot of you know medium to high end audio products at pretty affordable prices, and they're quality products. So we've worked with them on several different products over the years. So there are two sizes of Bluetooth speaker. They are both uh, cylindrical speakers that would they'll stand up. So you set them down. They're about uh, the the smaller ones maybe five inches tall. The bigger ones about seven inches tall. And they're cylindrical, meaning the sound will come out of all sides of the speaker. They're 360 degrees sound, and they are uh, just pretty easy to use. Uh, they're both actually uh, waterproof as well, so you can use them to. Uh, listen to music uh, pretty much just about anywhere. The Stormbox is our 24-watt Bluetooth speaker. So that one is enough sound to fill, say, a small room of maybe 15, 20 people or a small hotel room. Um, you can set it in the bathroom somewhere, whatever. Uh, it gets pretty loud uh, for what it is. And, you know, even it's a good bedroom-type speaker. That's $69.95. Now, that one also has an eighth-inch headphone jack, so you can actually line in jack. I'm sorry. And you can use that to plug in audio, external audio devices. So if you want to run a cable from a Victor stream to this, you can plug that into the speaker. Or you can use Bluetooth to listen to music that way. And that's what most people do. If you want more sound, more power, you can get our 40-watt speaker, the Stormbox Pro. That one will fill a larger room. I was in a conference where there was about 100 people in the room. And I took it off the microphone in the front of the room and held it up, turned up the speaker, and the people in the back so they could hear it just fine. It was sounding great. So it's a really nice speaker to fill up a little larger room, but it's still pretty small. I actually bring it in my suitcase quite a bit when I go places. As like I said, about seven inches tall, maybe about four inches on each side. Um, you have tactile buttons on the top for play and pause and volume up, volume down, and the power on and off, um, et cetera. Also, there's a bass boost button. Now, this one is Bluetooth only. So no wired, this is all wireless Bluetooth. You know, incidentally, your blind shell phone, if you were to get a blind shell, has Bluetooth. Of course, your iPhone has Bluetooth, or your Android phone has Bluetooth, or computers have Bluetooth. So there's lots of ways to get music to this phone. I can get into the speaker. The Stormbox Pro, 40 watts, 119.95. Well, you want more sound than that? Well, you can actually get two Stormbox Pros if you really wanted to connect them together. We have a couple customers that have done that, and you can pair two of those things together, have stereo sound, and just cover a nice big room with that. That's nice and loud and awesome. Maybe you don't want to be have things that are nice and loud and awesome. Maybe you just want things to listen to yourself and nothing else. Well, we have lots of different Bluetooth headsets for you, starting with Shocks formerly Aftershocks, now they're calling themselves just Shocks. And they have all sorts of bone conduction headphones. Bone conduction are headsets that will come around the back of your head and they will sit in front of your ear. They actually generate sound by vibrating your cheekbones. When I say vibrating, it's not like a, a strong vibration. They've actually improved this technology quite a bit. But they conduct sound through your cheekbones and the idea being you can hear the sound, it'll come through into your head, you can hear it pretty loudly but your neighbors will not hear it, but it doesn't cover your ears. So you can also walk around. Where I use these a lot is, you know, we're using them with a, a GPS app or using, you know, when I'm walking down the street, I can hear the GPS and I can also hear what's coming out um, of the, you know, I can hear what's nearby as well. I can hear what's coming out of my phone and I can hear what's around me as well. So those are really cool. There's several different models ranging from the open move, which is the entry level pair, um, they are water resistant. 
They're you know still pretty light, three or four ounces. You know they're definitely a nice pair for about eighty dollars. All the way up to Open Move, which is a pair that has a boom microphone, has really good noise canceling on it, and has a um, much little lighter profile. And that one's up to one fifty nine. So we have a couple of different models, and like, like I said, we're always happy to help you pick out which ones that you want. Now, we know not everyone likes the bone conduction style, so we try to keep a couple other styles in stock. We have wireless earbuds. Now, earbuds are, when they say wireless earbuds, these are earbuds that you can wear in either one ear or both ears to listen to music or podcasts, make phone calls, whatever you want, and they connect wirelessly to your phone as well. So these are wireless earbuds. Uh, what you have is a little charging case, and that's how you charge the earbud. So you take, put the earbud in the case for an hour or two, that'll charge the earbud, and then you can wear the earbud itself uh, for about 12 hours uh, to listen to music or whatnot. And then you can charge the case later on whenever you need to, but the case actually has about 60 hours of power. So again, these are probably the best for music and, and things like that, and you can connect them to your phone. Uh, they're available for $69.95. Uh, one of the, 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 the cool new headsets that we just got is a one-ear, over-the-ear headset called the Storm. This is from a company called Blue Tiger. We used to sell one of their speakers. And the Storm is a single-ear, uh, on-ear Bluetooth headset. So imagine if you were to take a regular headset and right before you got to the other ear, you, you, know, you have the nice ear cup on the left ear comes around, and right before you got to the other ear, you took a knife and you cut off. That's what this looks like. So it's a one-ear headset. Now you can wear it on your left ear, you can wear it on your right ear. It doesn't matter, You can. it's reversible. It does have a boom microphone as well that you can use for good noise canceling. So the Storm is, like I said, a one-ear headset. It is Bluetooth as well, and it's also great for making calls, especially it's, you know, they designed it for truck drivers originally um, because it's really, they want it to be loud and they want it to have good noise canceling. But of course, they also have a lot of things that aren't designed for us happen to also be good for us. So really nice headset and kind of a different style that perhaps if you're looking for that one ear style and you don't want earbuds or um, this is something that you might want us to look at, that's $119.95. Uh, we have Bluetooth keyboards. So Bluetooth keyboards, of course, can uh, let you type. You connect them to, say, an iPhone or a computer and you can type with a regular uh, QWERTY style keyboard. So the one we sell is from a company called Pluggable. Pluggable makes a lot of really cool accessories and things for phones and computers. So we have a trifold Bluetooth keyboard. Oh, I do have that one right here too. This is a trifold Bluetooth keyboard. So what you have here is a keyboard that folds into thirds. Actually, two of the thirds, um, you have the keyboard that kind of folds in the front. You can unfold the left side. You can unfold the right side. And then as soon as you unfold it, the keyboard turns on. It's a metallic brush finish, uh, but the keys are full-size keys. Um, so it's about maybe 10 inches wide uh, when you uh, set it down on a table or whatnot. And when you want to turn it off, you just fold it back and then fold it back up. So essentially I was just folding and unfolding the keyboard. Uh, it measures about five inches wide when it's folded and you could you know, easily again fit it in a bag. It does also come in a case as well. So you connect this to your phone. You can also connect this to a computer or other device wired uh, using USB. So really cool, you know, especially if you're traveling, you want to take some notes down and you obviously, you know, you can usually type a little faster sometimes than, um, you know, using the on-screen keyboard. So it's nice to have that alternative. That's $54.95. Maybe you're a Braille user. You like to type in Braille instead. We got you covered as well. You could get the Orbit Writer. 
So this is from Orbit Research. This is a $99 Braille keyboard, or as I like to say, it's a Braille display without the display. Essentially, you have a six key input, regular Perkins style keyboard, uh, plus a space bar and plus your enter key and backspace or dots uh, seven and eight. And then you can use this to connect to your phone or your computer and you can type in Braille. You can also control your phone using the Braille kind of moving around you know you know all the there's a lot of different commands that work with voiceover on your iphone or on your computer that you can use to move around the screen and things like that so you can control your phone and your computer and you can type in braille into your phone using the orbit writer for 99 dollars um, we also have the orbit braille displays so these are affordable low-cost braille displays really good quality braille and a really good way to read things like books from bookshare or or braille books from bar that you can download um, on the uh, display or you can connect it to your phone or your computer as well. So we have a 20 cell Orbit Reader 20 Braille display. 20 cells of Braille. Um, you can use it, like I said, as a screen reader. You can use it to edit files. You can do all sorts of stuff with it. It also does have a, ca a calculator and a clock built in as well. That's available for $749. It is also a 40 cell Orbit Reader. It's Orbit Reader 40. That one's available for $1499. And that one, $1,499, and that one has cursor routing buttons and a little more um, has USB-C for charging. So but essentially, you're looking at about half the cost of other Braille displays. So if really, if you're doing a lot of this reading, reading books, um, perhaps you want to take it to, uh, to, to church or to work or somewhere and, you know, and read back stuff in Braille, really good devices for that as well. We have a manual Braille product that I'm really excited about that has been one of our most popular products of the year called the Versa Slate. So the Versa is a slate that is paperless. What does that mean? Well, essentially what you have are a whole bunch of pins that you that will come through when you use your stylus to poke through the other side. So like a regular slate and stylus, what you do is you take the stylus and you, can, you will punch through Braille to the other side and you flip it over and you read what you just wrote. Well, with a Versa Slate, that happens all through pins. So you braille out whatever you want to do, and you can flip it over. You can read what you just wrote. The difference here, and the cool thing here, is you're not wasting paper, and that whatever you just wrote is going to stay there as long as you want it to until you press one of the buttons to erase what you just wrote. So the full-size model has four rows of 20 cells. There's a mini model that has two rows of 12 cells. These are great for taking quick notes or say you are on the phone and someone's giving you a phone number. Well, sometimes, you know, if you're already using your phone to be on the phone call, well, maybe that's also what you use to take down notes. So writing down a phone number becomes a little more difficult. So you can use the VersaSlate as another means to take down a quick num uh, note or number. Say you're in a meeting with someone and you want to take down a note about something they said, but you don't want to be obvious to them what you're writing down. You know, you want for privacy, you want to take your own notes. Well, again, you could use the VersaSlate to take some notes and do it that way. And they will stay there as long as you want. It's completely mechanical. It's not an electronic device. It's a completely mechanical slate. And then you can connect it. I'm sorry, you can uh, you know copy stuff down if you want to. Um, you, and if you get to a computer later on, you could copy down those notes or you could just erase them and uh, whenever you're done with it. Um, also a really cool tool for teaching Braille and for teaching uh, slating to someone. Again, you don't have to go through all that paper. It's a really just nice tool for that. So full size is 120, that's four rows, 20 cells. The mini is 60, that's two rows, 12 cells. Uh, for the full size one, we do have cases as well, currently in gray. 
and navy, and a few in pink. So we can get some get some cases to the color that uh, you'd like to have. All right, we have the uh, MicroSpeak. The MicroSpeak is a digital voice recorder. That's a standalone digital voice recorder. You can record up to 96 hours of recording on the recorder. It's simple, so pretty much what you have on the top are as a play button, fast for, uh, next track, previous track buttons. On the side, you have the up and down volume buttons, and you have a headphone jack. And on the top, you have the record button, which is a long button. That's it. When you turn it on, a friendly voice, which happens to be the voice of Ricky Yenger, if you know her, will tell you that the unit is on and how much battery power is remaining. And then, again, when you press the record button, you will hear a beep so you know it's recording. When you press it again, you will hear a couple beeps so you know the recording is stopped. So, simple, simple accessibility. You can go through the recordings, you can play them back on the unit. You can also delete recordings if you'd like to, that's available. You can also plug it into a computer and copy those recordings off to a computer if you would like to. That's a possibility, but you don't have to do it that way. You can just use the recorder. So 96 hours of record time, that's a lot. Eight gigabytes of space, uh, rechargeable battery, and available for $59.95. Uh, we have, um, Trying to think, I'm always yeah. What are we be saying? Oh, the way I always forget about way around, and I shouldn't, because way around is a really cool system for labeling stuff. Uh, way around involves tags such as stickers, buttons, clips, or magnets that you can use to label stuff around your house. So you could take the buttons and attach them to clothing, whether you sew them on or just pin them on. You could take the stickers and put them on just about anything. You could put magnets on the fridge. Uh, you can put the clips on just about anything as well. And what you do is you use an iPhone or an Android phone to read back or record information on these little tags. So the app itself, which is called Way Around, is free. You take the app and you touch it to the item, I mean to the sticker, the tag, whatever, and it will read back whatever information you wrote on it. When you touch it the first time, you can press it, say, I want to write some new information, and then you can put whatever information you want onto the tag. When you touch the tag again, it will read it right back. The tags come in packs of 25, so you can get 25 stickers, 25 magnets, and they're about a buck a piece. So you can get 25 stickers for about 25 bucks. Um, there is also a starter pack available that includes 60 tags. Uh, that's available for, I believe, 69 bucks as well. And that will give you all the kinds of tags that are available. You get a few of each tag to try it out. It's a really cool system. I, uh, I would say the most popular use that we get is probably for labeling clothes and colors and, you know, what this matches with this, things like that. You know, I love Braille, but you, you can't fit all that on a little on a Braille card without a lot of the shortcuts and abbreviations. So something like this, it's a really good complement uh, for Braille and for, for labeling things. We have lots of cables, by the way, and accessories. So when you're calling up and placing your order or you're online, we have uh, lightning cables now, we have headphone cables, charging cables for pretty much anything that you're trying to charge. We have all that kinds of stuff now. So if you're looking for cables, just let us know. We're happy to help you out. Let me do a quick, uh, just quick, quick browse through and on the website and see what I'm forgetting here. Um, our tactile screen overlays, of course, yes, if you have an iPhone. We have been selling for many, many user tactile screen overlays from Speed Dots. These are uh, screen protectors that you can put on the top of your phone to kind of give you some simple orientation to where 
many of the key features are in your phone. So it's just essentially a piece of plastic that has a whole bunch of dots on it that you can feel, and they come in several different layouts. One that you might be interested in is the phone layout. That one's really popular. That puts two dots on the number five and one dot on the rest of the phone numbers. So if you're doing online bank or phone banking or other things where you have to enter in security codes and things like that over the phone, that's a really easy way to find all that information. There's also one that has the dots lined up to use Braille screen input efficiently on the iPhone. It's a way to type in Braille on your phone. And we also have the regular QWERTY keyboard layouts as well. They'll start at just $10. Um, if you happen to use a computer and you use a screen reader like NVDA um, or Windows Narrator, perhaps you want a different or better sounding voice or a voice that you're familiar with. We have voice packages that are software that you can download that you can use to use uh, Eloquence, which is a classic sounding uh, robotic voice, but many of us are just familiar with it over the years. We like it. I know it's kind of old sounding at this point, but a lot of us like it. Um, or Vocalizer. Vocalizer is a voice that is most commonly associated with the iPhone. Well, if you want that on your computer as well, we have that software and we have those voices available starting at $69. We also have books and we have cases. We sell executive products. We sell all of their line of awesome cases and things like that. And we do uh, gift certificates as well. So if you're looking for Christmas gifts, store prizes, anything like that, we can get you an AT Guys gift certificate. So that's a bit of a rundown of what we have. Um, I got about 15 minutes left, I think, and I'm happy to leave any time for questions. I'll give out that contact information first and the coupon code again. So again, ATGuys.com. So A is an Apple, T is in Tom, Guys.com is our website. You can order there. You can order on the phone, 269. 216-4798. Now we are entirely secure, so it's entirely safe for you to place your credit card order online. It's not any safer to do it over the phone than it is online. Uh, it's all uses the same system, um, but you can happily, uh, we, we can put in cards um, or you can pay with PayPal on the website. You can email us at support at atguys.com. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T at atguys.com. That coupon code again is KABVI22. That coupon code will give you free shipping on any order $79 on up. If you're in the US, that's free shipping on any order $79 on up. And if you order a blind shell phone, we will give you one of the beepers for free as well. And that coupon will go through the end of January. So I'm gonna leave some time uh, for some questions and see if anybody has any questions. Actually, you've got more time than you think because I have you scheduled to end at 10.30. Oh, gosh. Well, we'll, well, I'll take questions about whatever and we can fill some other time and we'll do what we can. I have one. Um, you said Daisy Books. Does that include Bard on the blind show? No, of course, Bard is its own. Now, you could do the... Well, that's a good question. Bard, probably not. Bookshare, for sure. Um, Bard... Uh, has its own format for Daisy Audio and things like that. Oh. It's, it has its own encryption. Uh, we'd love to have Bard. Um, there's more apps being added all the time, and but I, you know, at this point, there's no. The the reason I bought a Smart Vision Two, which is a defunct phone that's similar to the Blind Shell. Mm -hmm. I bought it so I could put the Libra app from Abbott Labs. It's a it's a diabetic mm -hmm. sensor app, and of course they updated the app and and my phone couldn't use it anymore. So yeah. I have this 
this, uh, and then the port broke on it, so I had to buy a battery charger for it. Um, your phone is exactly what I would like, except I'm sure you can't run the Libra app right, on it. exactly, at the moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have that, an iPhone that I struggle with, but it does run the Libra app, so... Yeah, and that's that balance with the blind shell. And like I said, we didn't, we just didn't want to put on every app because, because you know, we some are going to work better than others, and it, it's obviously it does shut out some things like that that are obviously really important uh, apps. So I and I spent uh, twice as much for the um, Smart Vision Two because I got a GPS and a book reader and all this stuff mm -hmm. that I can't use anymore unless I want to mess with the battery charger. So. Well, when it comes to specific apps on the Blind Shell, you can always email us or we'll pass it along or you can email Blind Shell directly, uh, info at blindshell.com if you have suggestions for apps that you would like to see. And they do take note of those. And you know, obviously can't make any promises or anything like that, but it's certainly, that I think that's a very worthwhile suggestion. Anybody, anybody else have questions? Michael, Michael has his hand raised. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Can't hear you, You're muted. Perhaps. There you go. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot I had muted myself. Uh, but that's probably a good thing. Anne keeps trying to find my mute button, and she never can find it. <laughs> hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we had a very good presentation yesterday from uh, our assistive technology for Kansas guy, and uh, he was in charge of the region around Topeka here, but told about the statewide program. He happens to be a legally blind guy, so they sort of use him as a bastion of information for all of the other sites as well. Really great presentation. And one of the things that he mentioned was that a new product that they were interested in looking at, but hadn't gotten included on what they normally provide in their uh, wireless phone program uh, was the blind shell. Now, you just mentioned that uh, we could talk to you or go to blindshell.com to uh, deal with uh, adding apps and making the blind shell even more accessible than it is, etc. My question is if uh, we are trying to get blind shell added to our local telecommunications access program, and I'm sure you're familiar with those. I think about 48 states have them. They're programs that will assist people with disabilities in getting telecommunications equipment uh, to give them equal, equally accessible uh, communications per ADA language uh, with the uh, telecommunications mm -hmm. industry. Yep. Uh, if we're trying to get the uh, TAP program in this state to add the blind shell, which sounds like a definitely good thing to do. I, I think so. Uh, when they are making their purchases, would they be going through a third-party seller such as yourself, or would they be making the purchases directly through Blindfold? Just how does that... Yeah, sure. So, yeah, there are a few different uh, dealers in the U.S. Um, the blind shell, while they do sell on their website, that would be shipping from the phone is uh, they're based in the Czech Republic. So I certainly would recommend uh, hooking up with a U.S. distributor. And we are an authorized dealer. One of the, the top dealers for Blind Shell, we're directly with them. And I'm happy to, if, if 
if you have the contact information or I can go back for the agenda and get it, we would love to, to talk to you guys and get registered as a vendor or do whatever would need to be uh, done. Well, the gentleman's make- name is Michael McCary uh, and uh, MCCAR. We can send it. It's on our agenda, which Ann sent you. Uh, and uh, I have some interest in this because for two years in my life, uh, back when I was a uh, young working guy, uh, why I was the director of the telecommunications access program for Kansas. And it's really interesting because one of the things that the time I was running the program that I was pushing for was uh, access to wireless uh, information because at the time that uh, I was in charge of it, the Kansas Corporation Commission was only allowing me to do landlines. And uh, I pushed so hard that mm-hmm. I ended up not working there anymore. So uh, I'm so pleased that it has expanded where that program can do things like the blind shell. And we want to get good equipment for blind people included in that program, which is now being run by the same folks that run the other section 42 assistive technology services. And that's probably where it should have been all along. So thank you. That's a really good idea. And I'm I'm glad you uh, brought that to my attention. Obviously we're aware of those programs, but, uh, Appreciate any uh, connections, and uh, now that the phone has been around, so we introduced it in October. So now that it's been around for a couple months, and we're kind of off and running. Uh, we would, yeah, we would love to uh, connect. And thank you so much for uh, bringing that up. Well, and, I've yeah, heard about can... that phone from. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it, but I've heard about it from about six different sources in the last two weeks, and I've never <laughs> heard of it before that. So your word good. That hey, you started say... out with in October is finally getting around. Yeah, it, yeah, that's how it takes a little. Always there's that, there's that initial ramp up. It takes a little bit of time for that to happen. But uh, thank you for doing that. And yeah, and if someone would like to to send a, an intro email to connect us, that's great. Otherwise, we can just reach out directly as well. You know, whatever works the best, and we we would love to uh, connect with them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kathy has her hand raised. You may unmute, Kathy. Kathy, what's up? Don't get there. There you go. Got you. Kathy? You finally got it. You're up, Kath. Oh, I am? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I was trying to get in, and I had a horrible time getting in, but that's not your fault. Could you go after? um, I'm looking for, I have a pair of wireless earbuds, and they will not stay in my ears. Mm But I... I'm looking for a set of uh, aftershocks or whatever that I can use that are wired for my Victor string. My other ones I had broke. And what do you recommend? So we actually, I just, we had a nice pair of wireless uh, on-ear headphones. We just sold out of them. So I'm going to work on getting a new wired headset because we know there are uh, still some people that want to have a wired headset especially for things like the the Victor stream um, if you'd like to email us we can certainly let you know or you can just kind of keep tabs on us and hopefully we'll have something back in stock in the next uh, the next few weeks uh, to for wired headsets because uh, right now we are all wireless but I do want to get a wired one back in stock they, they have an email listserv too Kathy so 
Well, we have an email address, support at atguys.com. Well, but I mean, you send out emails about products too, though. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a, yeah, we have a newsletter. Yes. Right. So, now, do you, do you have uh, any little tiny deep? I missed the part about the speakers because, like I said, I was trying to get in and I was having a horrible time. But anyway, uh, do you have uh, a little, you know, speaker that uh, I like to listen to my books sometimes with the speaker? Do you have yeah. something like yeah, that? Yeah, the smallest speaker that we have is probably about four or five inches tall and maybe two inches on each side. Uh-huh. And that's called the Stormbox. I had one that was in the shape of a, a baseball, and I just loved it. I got it from Amazon, and it Yeah, broke. and we used to sell a, a little a little cone. Yeah. Or we used to sell God, a little small one, too. Okay, well, I'll keep searching, and, I mean, I'll keep in tabs with you. And when you get those, do you know approximately how much those wired headsets might be? I do not know at the moment, but I will try to. I will definitely try to find one that's pretty affordable as well because I, mean, I know that's, you okay. know, they range in price from twenty dollars to several hundred. So we'll try to get something that's okay. not in the really expensive. Thank you so much for answering my question. Yeah, thank you so much. And then for anyone too, if yeah, right near the top of our site at atguys.com, there's a link that says subscribe to our newsletter, and you can do that. I don't send it out more than about once a month in most situations other than maybe around convention or black friday um so they, they are very it's it's a very low uh low traffic newsletter so it's it's just a one-way newsletter and that and we just we will let you know about the new products as they come out and of course you can let us call us or email us and let us know what you're looking for because that's how we know what to, to to add on as well so your next question is nancy you may unmute see we're gonna fill the time <laughs> awesome. Hey, Nancy. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my question, I've, I'm always frustrated by having to, to learn these and products. Now alert. Uh, to learn these products from the audio. Do you ever provide Braille instructions for your products? So I'm like not able to... With the what? Like with the blind shell, uh, you know, there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah, I, I don't, we don't currently, I mean, obviously, I love Braille, absolutely love Braille. Um, it's, unfortunately, to print out, you know, a manual for something like that is pretty long and uh, quite a bit long, it's, so we're not able to do Braille manuals. Everything, all of our manuals are on our website. We can email them to you. We can convert them into, if you're able to find someone that has an embosser, we could certainly convert it into a format that could, could be brailled. That's not a problem. We just don't directly um, offer braille manuals. She knows somebody that has an embosser, except I've got to get a paper jam cleared out of mine. Right <laughs> Well, we also have one at the KABVI office. So right. So if you, want, if you want a manual in Braille, Nancy, we can, you get it and we'll do it for yep, you. Yep. And we can help create, make the form or set it up. So it'd be, right. all you have to do is hit one button and print it. Right. Yeah. Okay. One other question then. Yeah. What about larger, if I, if I got the manual on the computer and could I convert it to eventually to large print? It'd be the same way, yeah. Uh, instead, of, instead of sending it to a Braille embosser, you would send it to a print 
uh, printer, I mean, or if you had it on the computer, you can enlarge it as much as you'd like. Yeah, that's that's what I was oh, thinking. Yeah, I, I, mean, could, any... I could copy it. I could download it to the computer and then Absolutely. work with it. And mm -hmm. make it well, yeah, you could use it with print. use it with Zoom Text or Windows Magnifier or just enlarge the font. There's a, there's a lot of ways to. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That that would be. Yeah. That would be a, a possibility. Oh, yeah. Except that. I, I just think it's so sad that we get all this wonderful equipment and then we have to, that's all nice and tactile and made for, and then the manuals are print. Yep. Well, we, we, that's what <laughs> and we don't, just, and I agree with you. And we, that's why we try to focus on the electronic, you know, as much as, you know, and Braille is an amazing thing. And unfortunately, it's just, you know, obviously the, even just I, I, printing I, I, on I a manual on a couple hundred sheets of paper is going to, you know, ends up, going through a lot yeah, of time and I paper know. and money. I love Braille. Um, so that's why we, we just focus on the electronic there, formats. And Keep in mind, though, uh, JJ, there are those of us out there who I do Braille. I don't sell very much of it, but I will do it for practically nothing uh, except for the, maybe the cost of the paper. And, and, that's, a, and that's really, yeah, that's the, that's so the way I would recommend doing it. If, that's If you want stuff Braille, let me know. There you I'm go. on the I'm on the contact list too that you should have gotten, but if you didn't, we can send it to you. If I could weigh in on this uh, discussion a little bit, uh, question: Now that so many people are getting e-readers and using refreshable Braille, yep, uh, and you've got it in electronic format, uh, how how complicated is the process of having it in a compatible format to be read with? Uh, that's an amazing uh, idea. Or uh, the e-reader or things like that, or your orbit reader. That's an amazing idea, actually. Uh, that hard. I'm writing it down because um, I think that is something we, especially as the, the NLS readers are coming out and everything. Yeah, right. absolutely agree. That's a, that's a really good idea, and I've written it down. So that I'll see what we can do. In fact, I suspect that the e-readers are going to put us braille Braille embosser folks out of business eventually because they're so easy to use. I mean, you know, just I, 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 there are definitely are there are lots of uses for for. I mean, I I love going to a convention and being handed the Braille agenda. It's I, I absolutely still I, I I know I could read it ten other ways, but I, that's the first thing I always chase down is like give me that Braille agenda. Right. That's what I, I want to look through it. And you know, and do it but that way. But the prices are. I mean, paper is getting outrageously expensive. Yeah, paper. Paper can get expensive. And you know, uh, like I said, I've got a jam in mine, and I can't. I'm gonna have to find a sighted person to help me take the print off of the mm. embosser and get it out. I mean, I probably can learn to do that. I just haven't learned to do it. Yeah, probably. it's one of those things. That, I mean, yeah, it's probably just taking off a few screws or something. But so yeah. you know, it's up to you if you want to. To, I love the I love the idea of uh, putting what essentially would be electronic Braille format manuals on our our website. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, and that's that would not be that difficult to do. And then you, and then also that would make it easier for you too if you wanted to to Braille it off for someone. You all you would have to do is grab that file. If we formatted this for right. forty for forty cells, and yep. even if we formatted so, it for tw forty, it would read on a twenty cell actually, reader. Actually, yeah, yeah, we don't do forty cell. 
Braille because people don't like the paper size. It's too wide. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if, I think if I put them on the website, I feel like I would format it for 40 because that's the most common Braille display, and it would it would still work for other stuff. And of course, if people wanted to Braille, you know, if you wanted to Braille, you could still get the, the right. print but the print one. If you if you just formatted it for Braille, I don't know. I haven't. I've. I yep, would need we'll research to, it play with it a little bit but i think the e-reader would i don't mm -hmm. know i'll have to try that yeah the, the, the one thing that you'd want to we got to be careful we don't want too many uh line breaks right we don't want too many choices either because well, that, yep <laughs> i agree you know, the more you have the more confusing it gets yeah 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 well that i love it we'll, we'll definitely uh but we'll i think we, we could do. we could figure uh, something out yeah, pretty readily i like it how many cells is the e-reader they're going to be 20. 20. Yeah. That's what I, I, I know that 40 cell has been the industry preference and what uh, a lot of people with uh, unlimited funds are purchasing. But I think with the release of uh, the uh, 20 cell orbits and the uh, uh, note takers that are using 18 to 20 cells and now the e-reader that is using 20 cells, that you may soon see the industry preference become 20 uh, simply because uh, those are the less expensive and more yeah. available displays, plus the fact for people who want hard copy Braille, as Ann said, most of them uh, that we work with prefer the uh, 8.5 by 11 right. paper, and that same 20 cell format uh, is pretty good for that paper. You Actually, can't five, but that. Yeah, you want a little longer, wider, but the, I, I think if we do it correctly, you be, should be able to download it. You can go from 20 cells for a display to 32 right. or whatever you need to go across an eight and right. a half. And yeah. But that's I, something I, to play with. I absolutely. Probably, I never thought of that, but it's a, it's a really good idea to be. It is a good idea. I don't think anyone else is doing it. I mean, people, there's a couple companies that might have a couple manuals and things like that. It's very rare anymore that you get Braille documentation and stuff. Yeah. In fact, I Brailled the Orbit Reader and Writer manuals for friends of mine because yeah. they weren't in Braille. Yeah, we've had a couple of our Orbit uh, Orbit uh, Reader people tell us that they Brailled out the manuals, even though, even though, there you go, even though it's on the unit. And it's right there, but some people want the hard copy Braille, so I think that there's always going to be a need for. Well, you you can you can't really find things more easily. When I did them, I didn't do a lot of reformatting, and yep. so I don't know how usable they are really. I was trying to save some money for people. And well, yeah, and that's the thing too. It's, it's when I you have save, when you have hard copy, it's so much easier just to flip the pages right really quickly and kind of. Right, this, and I didn't mm -hmm. save paper that way because well I just didn't oh, it sure. was yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah but but cool discussion I love it love it they, I couldn't have used the orbit writer without a manual and I oh, yeah of course the right absolutely the writer has no no display so you do need no. a manual for that one so well, once in a while us legally blind people come up uh, that, that don't really use braille very much come up with something that's a useful thought so uh, hey we, we all got to help each other out Absolutely. Glad to have contributed that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we all gotta we all gotta help each other out. Absolutely. Cool. Any more? Anybody questions? else have questions? No, ma'am. There are no a couple hands things. Are raised. Okay. Well, I, I can just mention a couple other things quickly, and then I'll.
probably got out a minute or two early. Um, we also uh, are, as an AT guys, uh, many of you might be familiar, even though we haven't done as much lately, but we are also been doing the, the Blind Bargains podcast. And with those are coming back for 2022, we haven't, I know we haven't put many up lately, but uh, we are going to get back into some sort of a rhythm and probably do them every other week. So Blind Bargains is a... T- what technology focused but we're not going to do just technology we're going to kind of expand a little bit too into other topics uh, that are of interest as well but it will still definitely be a tech forward podcast talking about access technology other blindness stuff we've done cooking episodes we've done you know travel episodes we've done a lot of accessible games so blind bargains Blind so bargains. You, you can tell the A lady or the G lady to play the you know, Blind Bargains podcast, or you, it is one of the, the the things built into your Victor stream if you have that. We're there as well, or on your regular whatever podcast app or player that you use, or you right. can go to blindbargains.com. So those cool. are available, and hopefully we're going to be putting some more, but you can browse through some of our past episodes and learn about uh, all sorts of stuff. Anything from the the latest Tim's note takers to the to good maps to 3D printing, all sorts of different things, accessible cooking, all sorts of stuff. So definitely, I uh, recommend checking that out. So, do you do any 3D printing? Uh, I've thought about it. It's one of those hobbies where oh. it's like, man, it would be cool to have a 3D printer. Then I'm like, I buy all these other things that I haven't done yet. <laughs> you know, so it's like. <laughs> I need to like I need to use the things that are already in my house. <laughs> like if I don't have if I don't have a good table to set down a three D printer on, then I shouldn't be buying one yet. But I've I have had things three D printed. Um, and it's, really? Oh yeah, it's it's actually so the Orbit Rider. Um, we worked with a lady in Arizona who also happens to make uh, uh, her company's called Can Doable. She makes labels for cans. Oh yes, and, I've heard of her. Yeah, really cool person. And we work with her to design a 3D printed case for the Orbit Rider that just kind of, it's like a snap-on case. So, right. it's, and it's made out of like a kind of flexible, the material is called TPU. It's a flexible material. It snaps on to the, to the Orbit. So, while the case kind of, it feels just like a regular case when you buy it from us, but it's actually 3D printed. So we have her, we, you know, we get them 3D printed in batches and then we sell them. So. It's re- 3D printing, I think, is really cool for if you want to, you know, look at a lot of our specialized stuff, right? You're not going to, it's not cost effective to have someone produce 100,000 cases. You know, really, maybe we just need 50 cases. And right. for stuff like that and kind of doing it on demand, 3D printing is great for that stuff. It's also obviously good for education and things like that, being able to feel things. One thing I, I, I might mention about 3D printing, uh, since we have the time and uh, yeah. it's uh, uh, come up as an issue, I just recently retired from being a school orientation and mobility specialist. Uh, I had six different school districts that I worked with the kiddos in. Uh, and my district around Emporia worked a lot with uh, Emporia State University that is doing a lot of experimentation with uh, 3D printing and special education. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that somebody designed and they crafted that I thought was really neat was a four-position puzzle. So it was for a very young child who was just learning Braille and just learning uh, mm-hmm. the way things go together. And it was a puzzle of a fish 
and each puzzle piece had very readable tactile braille on it that said F I S H. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, it was a great uh, little tool that I thought was really neat. Of course, I scared the special ed teacher to death because my braille uh, read, uh, reading is so poor. I picked it up and looked at it and said, why does this say H-I-S-H? -H? Uh-oh. Then I realized, oh, that one H is turned around. It's not an H. But, <laughs> well, there you uh, go. And she said, Mr. Michael, <laughs> don't scare me like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was a wonderful thing. And the Braille cool. was absolutely great because the so it was not jumbo but Braille. The Braille dots were not uh, separated wider like is the case in jumbo Braille. But the Braille was very, very tall. It was like little tiny plastic cylindrical pegs that stuck up from each mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle that said the F-I-S-H. And I do think that anybody who develops stuff like that uh, ought to be Matt's producing them. I didn't actually contact the Emporia State University person who came up with that to suggest that to them, and I don't want to steal their thunder, but uh, really a neat use for uh, 3D printing. Well, that, uh, yeah, a lot of 3D printed stuff, and it's possible with this puzzle, I'm not, although I'm not sure, there's actually a lot of websites where people will share the files uh, for stuff like this for free. Uh, so this might very well be a thing that, you know, that was shared online that anyone could go grab with a 3D printer and print the same thing out. Because I, I really love the community with 3D printers. There's a lot of different things that if you want to... You know, if you can find someone with a printer, um, you, you can get stuff printed out. And, you know, and, one thing that was kind of cool, uh, the model I saw is it was a bright chartreuse. So they were even doing some things to oh, cool. attract attention of low vision kiddos. Yeah, that's really cool. There's so many different materials. And like there's, you know, 3D printers started with PLA and plastics and things like that. But it's really expanded now. You can do 3D printed wood. You can do 3D printed like kind of the TPU like we're using that's more flexible. Apparently there's 3D printed food now. I haven't <laughs> tried that. But. I wonder why they're not using it for labeling uh, products like you know, packaged products, because to me that would might well, be. Well, that's, that's what Lisa's doing with Candoable. Is she's doing those custom labels that uh, they're plastic labels that will snap onto a can or a spice jar or whatever, and they're reusable. And you can kind of move them from place to place. And could you she, talk a little bit more? We've got maybe three minutes yeah. or so about your way around labels. I've used the stickers, but I recently read where the Apple uh, phones won't record them. Uh, I, I, we're not familiar with anyone having that challenge. It's something, that, you know, if, if you have them and you're, it's not working, we can certainly look that up for you. Um, we're, we're definitely, we're connected right with the company, so I believe if something like that would have happened, they definitely would have been on top of it to, mm. to fix it, but it should work just fine that, that you can record on any iPhone, iPhone 7 on up. Uh, to now, and you can obviously, as you know, you can re-record. The couple of advantages of these things is you don't have to use them in any order, as you know. You can use whatever stickers you want. Plus, you can reuse them. Now, 
a sticker, it's probably a little harder to reuse, but if you, some people, what they do is they stick a sticker on something, like a, say like the front of a spice rack drawer, and then of course you can keep rewriting to it because the sticker is still there and you can just tap the phone and say, hey, I wanna update this information. Um, and you can do that, or I see people do that with the buttons and you know clothing or expiration dates on food. You know they might use the same labels, but they'll move it to a new can and they'll update the expiration date. So uh, you get a lot of different types of uses uh, for something like this. Magnets on the refrigerator for people um, to share notes with each other. You could um, you could have a partner, or you could have a roommate, or whatever, and. If you want to uh, share notes back and forth, you both can have the app installed and you can read off the same tags. So that's a really cool thing that you can do as well to, to share information. So how do they work on clothing? What? So there's two kinds of buttons. There are buttons that have uh, two holes in them that you would sew on, or if you don't want to do that, there are buttons with a single hole that you could pin on to clothing. Oh. And they are washing machines safe. So you can run them through the wash and they'll be just fine. Those are obviously the stickers aren't, but the buttons are. And so, so yeah, absolutely. Just attach them to your clothes, however you'd like. And there's no real limit to how much information. If you want to write an entire novel about your shirt, you can. <laughs> but. Well, I found them really uh, interesting. I haven't used, I'm, I, I don't know where mine are to be real honest. I uh -oh. need to Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're small, right? Because with the stickers, it's really easy to lose just the package. But, right. Yeah. But uh, as a person who used to teach people how to make labels of various kinds, these are, to me, they're they're really. I like. Yeah. I mean, especially if you already have the iPhone or an Android, it's like, well, why why buy another device? You already have your phone. And right. The Smart Vision Two was good for labels making. Yep. Yep. So. Perfect. Well, it's your last chance, people. Anybody have a question? Let's go. There you go. Thank you so much, Jay. It's yeah. nice to finally meet you. I've seen your name all over the place. And <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. We we um, very good to see you all. If anyone is going to to be in Omaha, God willing, if that happens, we'll be there. Yep. Um, okay. Well, and, uh, we'll invite you to Kansas sometime. Although it's it's kind of expensive to come here. Well, for yeah, that's the challenge for an in person <laughs> event, right? But you know, yeah. we'll, well, obviously, we'll see what we can do, and uh, definitely appreciate uh, everyone coming along this morning. Enjoy the rest of your convention. Thank you very very much. It's good Thank to you. have you. Thank you. I think we have a door prize now, don't we? Door prize. Yes. Okay. So Five dollar Mastercard from mine. From Byington Advocacy Consulting of Kansas. Michael, you need to get a number. Michael. I don't have my Alexa turned on, so. Would you like me to help you, Ann? There we go. Oh. <laughs> Byington Advocacy Consulting of Kansas is the LLC that. Uh, uh, I established when I left Envision and uh, became a private contractor with orientation and mobility. And I have kept uh, that LLC functional and paid my yearly fees to continue to be 
registered with the Secretary of State, even though I'm largely retired doing most of my work pro bono these days. And uh, I uh, uh, need, originally chose that uh, uh, term because Byington Advocacy Consulting of Kansas uh, spells back. So I was able to tell people who had worked with me when I was at Envision, well, I'm not with Envision anymore, but I'm back. And that satisfied my legal obligations uh, on the separation and so on. So uh, easy way to remember it. And uh, Alexa, generate a random number between 1 and 42, please. Here's a number between 1 and 42. It's 16. 15, Mr. Chaffin. Do you have that down? 15, Avalon Fitzpatrick. All right. All right. That's a good person. She used to work with us at the center as a computer instructor. And now she reads for audio reader occasionally. And does a lot of work with Nancy Johnson. Okay. Um, ACB people, we are now going to move to the Good Maps videos. The first, I'll give you time to, to get them queued up. The first one is from the ACB convention. It's about 20 minutes long. And the next two are from the Good Maps company itself. I think one is a demonstration, and I don't know what the other one is because I'll be honest, I haven't played it. So um, Good Maps is the company that has developed indoor um, talking signage and information that you you access through your phone. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So since there's no such thing as a bad map, um, today we're going to uh, hear from a couple of people with a company called Good Maps. It gives me great pleasure uh, to introduce uh, Mike May, Chief Evangelist. Hopefully he'll tell us what that means uh, uh, from Good Maps. And Evelyn Tishner, who is actually located in Nashville, Tennessee, to uh, talk to us about um, what's going on with Good Maps. All right. Thanks, Ray. It's a pleasure and uh, nice to be on here at ACB. And um, I always appreciate your input uh, over the years about transportation accessibility because it's all together. I guess my uh, leading comment would be the better we get around, the better we participate in life, recreation, career and so forth. So that's really been my mission uh, since I've been involved in accessible navigation for the last 25 years, starting at Arkenstone and then through my company, Sendero Group, and then with a few uh, turns along the way, ended up uh, working for Good Maps in Louisville, Kentucky, where uh, Evelyn had preceded me there. Evelyn? Hi guys, um, I'm Evelyn Titchener, and like Ray mentioned, I'm in Nashville. Um, so uh, I've been working with Mike for the past two years now um, to work on our indoor navigation technology and to expand that out into the community um, and to do um, a lot of events, events like these to advocate for accessible technology um, and just to expand uh, the awareness about Good Maps and, and our mission and where we're going. Yeah, and we will show a video that uh, encapsulates what we do. I really lament the days when I got to do these presentations in person and they always 
uh, followed the, the in-house presentation in a room with demos and exhibits walking around, sometimes riding in a van, sometimes uh, in pedestrian mode. We got to walk around and I showed you the technology. So I, I look forward to next year when we can get back to that again, uh, particularly if you can see the new indoor navigation working. That's something that's pretty rare and, and unique. And as you know, when we go to conferences, we're always looking for what's new this year. And uh, I tell you, if you could see it in person, you'd say, well, this is what's new, uh, this navigation technique. Um, certainly going back quite a few years, I'm sure a lot of you remember uh, the low vis guide at the ACB conferences and using beacons. And um, we've really been working on indoor navigation in, in different formats for a number of years. And that was one of the first iterations and a really good start. You got to start somewhere. Things aren't perfect. They aren't 100% accurate. You know, we're always evolving these things. But um, they do get better over time, and we have some new techniques that step beyond beacons uh, that work with indoor navigation. Uh, I first want to say that Good Maps came out with its first app, iPhone and Android, in September of last year. And the, the real focus of that app was let's cover the basics for outdoor navigation, and then let's also develop indoor navigation. So we've been working on both fronts. And the outdoor navigation, you can check out for yourself. Go to Good Maps, it's one word, explore. In either of the stores, you can download that, try it, see what you think, and it, it covers a lot of the basics. Bearing in mind that this hasn't even been out a year, and it's not gonna have all the bells and whistles of nearby Explorer and CNI GPS and Blind Square, uh, apps that have been around for quite a few years. They keep adding uh, features as users request them. So we've covered the basics for outdoor navigation, realizing that these days, particularly if we're providing a free app, you can use multiple apps at once. You can run Blind Square and Good Maps Explorer together or CNI GPS and Explorer. You can run them along with Apple Maps or Google. Um, the, the combination is, is often gives you the best of both worlds. Um, Ray mentioned my title as chief evangelist, and it, it, despite the fact that I've been evangelizing accessible navigation for all these years, uh, I think it's still an important role because it doesn't matter which app you use, really the fact is using uh, accessible tools and techniques is really a key factor, as I said, to uh, life acuity, I guess I would call it. And so we have to keep promoting the fact that uh, you don't you don't get to know these tools unless you use them regularly, because as you know, uh, we have so many things to work with. If you don't use them all the time, then you, you kind of forget the details and they don't re become a tool if they're kind of in the back pocket. So I have to say my evangelistic uh, comments to begin with to just encourage everybody to get out there and use something. And with all of the outdoor apps, each one has some little thing that's different or better than the other thing and some have their weaknesses. And as we know with accessible technology, everything has its strengths and weaknesses. And part of using the strengths of an app is to know the weaknesses. So let me, uh, since I'm assuming most people are pretty familiar with outdoor navigation, we won't spend too much time on that. Uh, but, but I want to tell you some of the differences about navigating indoors because there's similarities and there are differences. I think we'll have Evelyn fire up the general overview video first. 
Uh, so you'll have that overview and then I'll drill down a bit more into some of the unique differences about indoor navigation and how all that all works. So uh, go ahead and fire that up, Ellen. And it's going to start out with our Good Maps logo. And I've always said that we've got lots of visual logos. There should be an accessible version of everybody's logo. So you'll hear our audio logo. Okay, that's fine. We'll give you the overview and in person. Yeah, I'll post the video in the chat. So if you guys want to um, watch it from there after, that's a good option. Yeah, don't click on it quite yet or we'll be yeah. competing. <laughs> yeah, and and Evelyn, um, I'm going to make some comments here and then just chime in to fill in the blanks. Um, so I know there will be some. So in terms of indoor navigation, let me talk about the unique experience of, of navigating indoors um, versus outdoors. There is, we've said there are different techniques, there's beacons, and we're going to talk about our new technique, but first I'll just tell you some of the fundamental differences. For one thing, indoors, you don't have streets. You don't really have grids. Sometimes you do indoors, you'll have hallways that are pretty much perpendicular, but you don't, they're not named. So that changes the whole dynamic of how you navigate. Oh, sounds like maybe something got enabled. Um, so I'll just finish that comment, and then if we can, we'll go ahead and start it. Um, so with indoor, you don't have we don't have street names, so that means your your directions will be given in terms of uh, relative to your position. So walk straight ahead, turn right, uh, but it doesn't necessarily turn right on you know it's not hallway seven or hallway eight. It just says turn right, and because the accuracy is quite good. Uh, you're presumably in the right hallway, but they aren't named, which is quite different. The points of interest, however, are pretty much the same as outdoors, where you have businesses and um, other things outdoors. Indoors, you're going to have offices, reception desks, elevator, escalators. So in most ways, the points of interest indoor are handled in very much the same as outdoors. Of course, the accuracy indoors is quite different because uh, outdoors, GPS quotes 30-foot accuracy. Indoors, this was one of the issues with beacons, is that the accuracy could really vary from 5 feet to 50 feet. Uh, depended a lot on those spurious Bluetooth signals that could be blocked by people and uh, change the accuracy. So if, if you're trying to tell somebody to go in a doorway or uh, turn on in a hallway, it's pretty hard if your accuracy is that variable. So that's really key indoors. You can't have 30 foot accuracy. You really need to have, let's say, five foot accuracy to be really viable. Um, with that said, I'd say, you know, some navigation is better than none, but uh, it is good to at least try to get in that five foot accuracy range. Um, just, I'll just check in here real quickly. I assume we still don't have the screen share, right? No, that was switched okay. over. So. Okay, I heard something yeah. in my earpiece for a second. Um, there's also uh, multiple purposes of indoor navigation. And this is a really nice thing because this is why GPS became viable. It isn't something we could have had as blind people if sighted people didn't also need it. All consumers benefited from it and therefore took off commercially. There were lots of companies um, making maps and uh, making receivers, and so it became quite viable. 
this is the case indoors, it's really important that it's not just for accessibility, otherwise it won't be cheap enough and it won't be widespread in different buildings. So the multiple purposes include what we refer to as asset tracking. So if you're in a hospital and they have 50 different uh, medical carts, they can get lost, they can end up in a closet where they can't find it. If you can have a map and then you put a, a tracker, like the things we have, tiles and other kinds of trackers, um, air tags, you put those on your equipment, now you can track them because you have an accurate map around the whole hospital. Uh, we also have first responder and emergency kinds of issues when there's trouble in a building or a fire or something. Uh, it's important that the rooms are mapped and um, certainly with, with first responders, when they go in, knowing what building, what they're going into a building they've never seen before, uh, it's important that they have an accurate map. So in promoting indoor navigation, we have all these multiple purposes, which means that it's much more attractive for the venues to install. And that is the model that we're really focusing on at Good Maps, that the venues pay for the mapping, therefore the app, actual app is free to everybody, to blind people, to anybody that uses it, the Explore app is free. Um, and the venue owner then pays for it. Of course, the, the important thing from an economic standpoint is that the mapping is cheap enough and it has enough value that venue owners can justify it because they will be driven somewhat by accessibility demands. But as we all know, uh, there's ADA requirements, but there isn't necessarily funding to back up those ADA requirements. Therefore, somebody doesn't necessarily have to have a fully accessible grocery store or airport. You know, they have workarounds, like they'll have somebody guide you. And um, that's not my version of independent travel, but it's, you know, you have to work with what you have to begin with. Uh, in terms of multiple uses, um, I guess other places, I'll just mention some of the places that are, we've really seen a lot of traction in um, with universities. Students go to a campus for the first time, they change classes every quarter, uh, they have to get a new route. And so if you have the indoor buildings or at least some of the key buildings mapped and you have outdoor, uh, the campus navigation is something that's um, really valuable. Airports, of course, uh, are important. I mean, there's ways to navigate airport. We've always done these things with or without technology. It just gets easier and more independent as uh, more tools uh, come about. So in an airport, there's a nice combination of tools, which is using uh, an indoor navigation uh, capability, but you can also use something like Be My Eyes or Ira. And with all of these tools, they have their weaknesses. So what's the weakness of a navigation app? Well, it gets you near the destination, but it doesn't always guide you right in the door. Or right, you know, outside we know it'll get you to the building, but where's the door? Well, you can call up Ira or Be My Eyes and get some eyeballs to, uh, through your camera, direct you to the doorway. And so this is a nice combination indoors. For example, in an airport, you could navigate to the gate. And then maybe once you get to the gate, you call up, uh, we like to call a human in the loop, uh, visual service and you can point your camera around and find out what businesses are nearby, restaurants, coffee, 
or where the gate is or where the exact counter is at the gate, that final, uh, closing that final few feet is really critical. And that's uh, where the combination of these tools comes in handy. Evelyn, um, I'll just break here and let you fill in anything that you've, uh, you'd like to contribute. Yeah, I mean, I would just say um, to expand on my talking about the, the technology itself, we're working with a, a variety of different types of buildings. So um, our goal is to expand. I mean, you know, anywhere could really use this technology if it's a public space. So we're working with transit agencies, government buildings, um, universities and colleges, We've got, um, we're working to get some shopping malls, some grocery store locations. So as you can imagine, there's so many different types of buildings that this could be utilized in and indoor navigation is so critical for um, all, everyone. So um, that's that's a big part of our rollout right now. And with the technology being fairly new within the past year um, and, you know, COVID uh, hitting us and having to be indoors to use the technology, uh, we're really in the process of expanding and, and advocating for the technology um, within different communities across the country. Um, I would also say we've expanded recently to CNIB. We're working with CNIB in the U or in uh, Canada. Um, so we recently expanded to Canada and the UK and hoping to come into other countries in the upcoming months as, as part of our overall initiative. Yeah, there aren't a lot of buildings mapped yet. There's a lot in Louisville, but the uh, other places are coming online and we hope to expand to some other English speaking countries. Um, and if anybody has any contacts in their local community or building that you'd like to see mapped uh, we'd love to hear from you because it's pretty easy to get them a quote and talk to them about the the benefits of doing this for accessibility and other reasons i should mention the technology itself so what's different about this versus the previous beacons is we we really wanted to have something that has no infrastructure development so that's the beauty of gps outdoors Nobody has to install anything. It's just based on your phone. You carry it around, it has the GPS receiver, picks up the satellites, you can use it anywhere. Well, indoors, it's a little bit different because there aren't maps yet. So we, we have to map things. So the way we go about mapping them is we come into the building, our mapper has a, a big backpack on with LIDAR, which is what you've heard about Google using for years, mapping streets. And those were mounted on big vans. This is in a backpack now, it's a smaller version, much more powerful than what you have in the phones, but uh, it is a reasonable size, so a guy can walk around with it in a pack. There's also a camera turret that's spinning around and taking imagery of the, of the building. So once we walk through a building and our time to scan it is roughly the time that it would take to walk up and down every hallway and go into every room that's going to be on the map, and that data is all captured and then convert it into a, an image format that is uh, able, able to be referenced, geo-referenced by your phone. So when your camera picks up whatever it sees around you, it finds the equivalent of that in this cloud image and knows where you are. So it's pretty impressive when you can walk along with your camera out, so it has to be viewing the environment in a pocket, in a lanyard, or in a pouch, and it picks up the environment and compares it against the cloud and then gives you the turn-by-turn -turn information, not just uh, your destination 
is at 11 o'clock, 300 feet, it's going to tell you where to turn, including the the integration of elevators or escalators or stairs that you uh, you have to deal with if it if it's on another floor. So that's the the brief summary of how the technology works, and it has this huge advantage of not having to install hardware. Therefore, there's less to maintain, and there's a lower cost to the venue owner. Good maps. Maps for the mission. Navigating indoor spaces can be difficult, even in the best of times. But now imagine the signs are hard to read or in another language. Or you're at a museum and there's no way to experience or get information about the exhibits. Good Maps Explorer is an accurate indoor and outdoor information and navigation application that helps everyone, whether they're visually impaired or not, navigate safely and efficiently. Good Maps Explorer is powered by Good Maps Studio Mapping Data, which provides the best indoor mapping data available. We create our maps using LiDAR scans to collect a library of images and an accurate representation of the indoor space. Once the maps are created and loaded into the Explore application, we use camera-based positioning to accurately locate the user. Camera-based positioning also minimizes the need for installing hardware, such as beacons. Join us on a user experience tour featuring a woman using Good Maps to navigate her neighborhood and a gentleman using Good Maps outdoor navigation to arrive at a building, then transition to indoor mode so that he can find the library. Heading east, 118 feet 10 o'clock to 2D 30 breakfast and lunch. 317 feet ahead to 109th Street. Heading east, near 10,900 Ave NW, 275 feet straight ahead to the Luck Boutique. Near 109th Street NW. Good job, team. Facing northeast, 168 feet 11 o'clock to Heritage Dental Center. Okay, and so we're now at the crossroad of 109th Street and 21 Avenue under location. Good maps. Near State Street, 120 feet 4 o'clock to American Printing House for the blind. Destination, Lynn's Cafe 622 location. Heading, heading northeast, near 139 Frankfort if 197 foot right to 1844 Frankfort Avenue. Destination, Lynn's Cafe 560 feet 11 o'clock. 256 foot ahead to State Street. Are you inside American Printing House for the blind? Confirm location on home page. Yes, 108 switched cellular. Calibrating position. Position established. Front lobby. Facing northwest. American Printing House awards case 5 feet straight ahead. Position established. Look around tab. Unselected. Look around. Heading. Northeast. Office. 7 feet. Break room. 17 feet southwest west stairwell 2 45 feet wet northeast wonder room 24 feet water fountain 26 feet copier slash storage southwest a library 45 feet button miguel library heading 45 feet south options heading directions button directions establishing position established miguel library 46 feet walking time start button start status continue 40 feet Light left in 20 feet. You have arrived. Miguel Library door 10 o'clock. Learn more about Good Maps at www.goodmaps.com. Good Maps. Maps for the mission. At the American Printing Good House news. for the Blind, Mike will create Explore. a route from the offices to the museum conference room. Are you inside American Printing House for the Blind? 
Dismiss button. Yes button. Calibrating position. Hold phone in photo position. Position established. In office. Search for POIs at American Printing House. Miguel Library 50. Museum Conference Room 253 feet south. Button. Museum Conference Room 200. Search results. Options. Head directions. Loading directions. Calibrating position. Hold phone in photo position. Position established. Continue 37 feet. Turn right ahead. Turn right ahead. Turn right and continue 27 feet. Continue 23 feet. Continue 23 feet. Turn left ahead. Enter stairwell and go down one floor. Mike has entered the stairwell and will descend a two-part staircase to the floor below. Enter stairwell and go down one floor. Mike exits the stairwell and enters a hallway. Continue 72 feet. Continue 27 feet. Continue 20 feet. Turn right and continue 185 feet. Continue 176 feet. Slight left and continue 159 feet. Continue 145 feet. Mike is walking down a long straight hallway. Continue 109 feet. Continue 100 feet. Continue 36 feet. Turn right ahead. Turn right and continue 12 feet. Turn right and continue 9 feet. Enter elevator and go up 1.5 floors. Enter elevator and go up 1.5 floors. Please make sure you are holding your phone in photo position. Exits the elevator into the museum. Turn right and continue 19 feet. Arrived at destination, museum conference room entrance, right. Alright, so the entrance was over here. more about good maps at www.goodmaps.com what i did figure out was that the um, good maps is a software strategy that allows a building um, interior 
to be mapped, I think what they said was that the, the, the mapper goes in with a backpack on and in that backpack, they have equipment that offers um, label, uh, audible labeling options for various items such as room names, uh, elevators, escalators, stairs, bathrooms, that sort of information. And you get an app on your phone that is free from Good Maps for that facility. And as you navigate through that facility, the phone camera recognizes these labels, these um, software labels that, that nobody can access but people who use the Good Maps app on your phone, on their phones. And what, what I deduced from hearing his uh, walk through the, the um, American Printing House is he's a pretty fast walker, or else they edited the, the video a little bit, because it would say, you know, something is, is in a hundred and such feet, and boom, he was there. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with this time if he doesn't call in. I had some questions. There was no mention of how much the the mapping itself would cost the venue, and um, so we we can't tell the Evergy Plaza people if they're listening how much it costs. And I didn't see that information on the website either. Unfortunately, I don't have a phone number for Mike. I tried to get one, but he did not ever call me. He contacted me by by way of email. And so uh, I don't know what happened in terms of his getting into the site here. We, he was traveling. He was supposed to call in so he could answer questions that I don't know the answers to. Um, we, and yes. I might uh, explain just a little bit more about why we think this is a possible good solution for Evergy Plaza. And also, uh, I know that in a number of other cities as well as Topeka, there is uh, a movement toward more public places, uh, walking plazas, etc., cetera, uh, like Evergy Plaza. And I might add that Evergy Plaza, and I think this is happening in a lot of downtown areas, uh, sometimes they have uh, bands or musicians playing there over the noon hour. Uh, there's a place for food trucks to gather and uh, people can get lunch and sit around the plaza and, and have lunch. And as I had mentioned earlier, uh, there are even heated sections of the plaza, even though it's outdoors. So uh, people can uh, use it year round. So there's lots of uh, really cool things there. But the big thing that we would be combining good maps with would be the beacons to allow them to understand 
uh, what is coming up on this huge, uh, one of the things Evergy Plaza sometimes does in summer evenings is shows movies that might require audio uh, description or uh, things like that. And when it's not showing movies, this huge screen that is movie screen size has important information on it about not only what is going to be going on in the plaza, but also when those water jets are going to come on, which are wonderful for folks to play in and get wet in the summertime if they want to, but not so pleasant if you don't know the schedule of when they're going to be coming on and you're walking across the plaza and all of a sudden you get doused unexpectedly. Uh, that's the nature of the open concept fountains. Uh, that's kind of a new, uh, I, I might mention that I uh, put a little bit about our work on the ACB uh, listserv and uh, got all kinds of stories back about uh, people in other parts of the country who were walking through a plaza like this and uh, suddenly got squirted. And Ann and I have had a little bit of experience with it uh, at a hotel where they had uh, a relief area for guide dogs. And it turns out that the guide dog relief area also had water jets that were for irrigation of the area. And uh, we got in about two o'clock in the morning because our flight had been delayed. And I believe the guide dog that Ann had at the time was Lloyd. But uh, we, before we went to our room, went out to the guide dog relief area. And just as Lloyd got squatted down in the position that he needed to be in to do what he had to do, why the water jets came on and thoroughly doused him <laughs> and us, uh, particularly Ann. So uh, <laughs> this is something that is an increasing thing where there are jets that come up in places that you just don't expect. Now, the good map solution and the uh, type of pla walking plazas that we have uh, are much more relevant to the beacons and the good maps uh, notices being combined. So uh, you're not going to get sprayed by waters that are definitely in walking areas. I doubt that very many places will want to install them. So people relieving their guide dogs will uh, know when those jets are coming on. That's kind of an unusual situation. But there were probably five or 10 different people then that got on to the uh, listserv and told stories about uh, when they got doused walking through a plaza in Colorado, in, uh, uh, Arizona, there are other places where they have these things. So uh, that is uh, something which I would hope would be relevant to other people in other parts of the state that are concerned about open and walking areas uh, for mixed use that are being put into their city downtown areas. Uh, this is a, an architectural complex, I mean, a, an architectural concept, which is definitely on the move, it's coming forward, and we need to have access to those places as people who are blind and visually impaired and not be in a situation where we're 
restricted from using them because of fear of getting doused or not knowing the schedule of what was going on there or things like that. So uh, that is uh, a reason that we felt this part of uh, the convention would be relevant. And I see Julie has her hand up. So uh, I will quit uh, talking, except I'll, I'll conclude my remarks by uh, saying that uh, the Evergy Plaza for me as an orientation and mobility specialist still practicing somewhat in that field, uh, particularly with people who are adults and who don't have other way of getting those services. Um, that, uh, that type of a walking situation has been wonderful as a teaching area for me because all of the environmental things that ought to be marked and aren't are available to teach people how to be careful and to navigate those sites without these accommodations. But while I know I can make people uh, fairly comfortable in Evergy Plaza with or without such things as beacons or good maps, I also know that there are many, many people who are blind out there who have not had recent orientation and mobility training and are not going to necessarily have it available. And we want to establish access to our communities in a way that they don't only accommodate the super blind that have had all the training that's out there, but also the everyday run-of-the-mill blind person who is doing things on their own, wants to be independent, but may not have had advanced orientational and mobility training are still going to be safe in the environment. And that's what we're striving for. Um, I, because we have this extra time, I will mention that uh, what I'm doing in retirement with Byington Advocacy Consulting of Kansas uh, is to try and make myself available, usually pro bono if there's not a funding source, to work with uh, uh, people who need the service in advance. And I have been contacted by people as far away as uh, Western Kansas and uh, in, in some of the other cities. And what I have told them is I am now retired. I do not uh, require a lot of funding to do what I am continuing to do. I am still certified and insured, but if you want me to work in your area, all you have to do is provide transportation. And there are several communities that are working on that to get me there to work with some of their folks. So uh, I am really pleased to be able to have a, uh, a facility like Evergy Plaza available to me. I have been very complimentary to the uh, businesses, which were Capital Federal Savings and uh, Evergy, the power company that uh, largely funded the uh, gift of Evergy Plaza to the city of Topeka, but uh, we want to make it accessible for everyone. And I'm, I'll back out and let people recognize Julie. Julie, you may go ahead. Excuse me. I too had um, trouble understanding the first part on the phone, but when I switched to the A lady, that helped a lot. So. Fortunately, this is being recorded, is it not? Yes. This yes. presentation was being recorded. So um, 
you know, when you when you listen to it, you'll probably be hearing it on your A lady or G lady or whatever. Um, so it may be that first part may be more clear. Um, but it, yeah, mine, mine was very difficult to understand on the phone as well. And I want to celebrate with Michael that it does open the doors for some of us who are not quite as mobile or good with our orientations and mobility skills to, um, to try to get out there and about and try to do some things. So um, that's a good thing. It makes independence more possible for many people. Thank you. Um, I would uh, find it fascinating that he was talking about working with the universities. Um, I remember as a student having to relearn uh, an area, like if I, if I had to go to a different building or um, a different section of campus. And there was a lot of the campus that I did not go to because I didn't know the way there or I had nobody that <clears throat> was willing to walk me to a, a different place. Sometimes people would, um, but that would have been quite wonderful as a student to be able to navigate the whole campus if I wanted just to get away from my dorm room for a while or go for a walk with my guide dog. And my dog was very, um, what's the word I want? He was very uh, structured. And <laughs> when we changed buildings, he would always take me to the first building that we'd gone to. He liked to go to that building. And sometimes we had to get really um pushing with him to, to get him to take me to the building I really wanted to go to. Um, I'm really, really sorry we, we don't have Mike May here to talk with us. As I said, I don't have a phone number for him, so I don't even know how to contact him. Um, there's a couple things we could do. Kathy has her hand raised hand. Okay. And do you want me to try to call uh, Barry? and see if he wants to come earlier. No, uh, thank you though. I think what we're gonna do maybe is move our discussion, which is supposed to happen at 1240 with uh, Carolyn, if she's on. Are you on Carolyn? No. Guess she we is on the attendee side. She is? Mm -hmm. Yes, she is. Okay, can you move her to the panel side? Well, while I'm yes, talking. Yes, ma'am. Um, we'll move that up. Carolee, you may accept the uh, request to go to panelist. We'll do this as long as we need to. We've got plenty of time to talk now, and that's a scary thing, but that's okay. Um, as soon as we finish our discussion, then we'll move the uh, Dean Berkwin video up because it's 75 minutes and we can uh, fill in and... Uh, We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Um, Carolyn so, is on your side, Ann. She's on the Carolyn, panel side. Okay, good. Carolyn, are you unmuted? So we can talk? I think she's working on it. Okay. And, uh, um, Sheila, it's Sheila, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, at some point, 
well, we'll we'll play this by ear. But what we're going to do is talk about uh, setting up a users group, and we will. I don't know how many people are on, but we will be sharing or asking for input from just about everybody. So you have seven people. Okay. It. I don't know if we should take the chance and just unmute everybody or still let people, we'll still let people raise their hands. Am I, am I still muted? No. You're on now. Okay. All right. Fine. So would you talk a bit about how, what kind of user group you have in mind? And, uh, well, there's, my head is still swimming from all the information I've received during this time. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out which direction to look here to look at people. I think I see the camera now. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I do a lot of the in-home type of uh, volunteer work with people. But uh, because of the um, COVID, you know, we I haven't gone as much. Also, because of my illness that I have, I've been in and out of the hospital a couple of times over the last uh, year and a half. And so we really need to have more people that know this information that can help other people. And... So I I felt for some time we've needed to have um, a group get together and kind of brainstorm ideas. And um, um, our first thing we would need to do is set up the first date that we're gonna have a meeting. And we'll we'll I'm assuming that we need because of our COVID numbers. We would need to still do a Zoom meeting. Right. And also, um, um, and then once we are together, then <clears throat> we need to look at, you know, possibly different organizations that may already have some type of technology uh, or they do, they do uh, some type of um, volunteer work, maybe in technology, they may not necessarily know the assistive side of it. But a lot of times we need people that can just connect computers and do that physical um, uh, putting together of the different uh, devices that they get. And we've you know, we've got people that are on PCs. We have people on iPhones and iPads. And um, and there's things that people, as they learn their technology, find uh, helpful. And it'd be, a, uh, it'd be a good time to share information on how they do things or they could ask you know, I don't know how to do this or that. And someone else in the group <clears throat> may have that information. And um, I can just see it as a sharing time. That's my main um, 
beginning uh, or start uh, to this users group. Carolyn? Yes. Yes, uh, Michael. It's Michael Bindon. And I might suggest as a structure for such a group, you're, of course, wanting to try and do this on a statewide basis so people in different parts of the state can share information with each other, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, I think Zoom is a good uh, platform for that, whether uh, we've got a pandemic going on or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but the uh, thing that I think you also perhaps need is a way to get notices of the meetings to people and stuff like that. Uh, Anne has had some success uh, since she set it up with the KABVI uh, listserv, where people can get on that listserv and uh, all then comment to things, or um, if she sends out a notice about a meeting, everyone can see it and so on. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe what might be good would be to establish a uh, Kansas uh, Blind Technology Users listserv as a way to get notices about your Zoom meetings and maybe answer some questions between the Zoom meetings. So I would just throw that out as a suggestion. Yes. Um you know, the Zoom is, is great and will give us <clears throat> a lot of good information, but I think it, <clears throat> it may be possible that around the state, people at their local chapters, some of them who maybe can't get into Zoom and those kinds of things, might want to have, when it's possible, to have some hands-on meetings for some people who kind of need to be shown how it works. Um, you know, that would be helpful for those who are who can have the meetings on zoom to go back to their local chapters. If there are people who have those things who might not be um, zoom savvy yet, that probably would be good too. Also um, because the e-readers are what's kind of coming up now, it would probably be a good thing, um, you know, to have a session, um, you know, on that on e-readers um, for people who still always have a, still have a little difficulty with them. And I have not been able to use mine in the way I like to, I'd like to, because things have been pretty busy and they will be for another month or two. Um, so that's a, a good possibility of, of someplace to start. And of course, iPhones and things like that, um, that, that people of us, some of us have varying degrees of trouble with. So um, as well as computers and other things. And of course, the list is endless as to what what we could have sessions on. Okay, I wrote that down, e-readers and iPhones. Kathy, are you unmuted? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, Julie, are you finished? Yes. Okay. Yes, we can hear you, Kathy. Um, I, too, am interested in, in the e-reader project uh, but I found out that uh, I've passed tidbits along to other people. I got a call the other day from Patty, another lady who uh, uses an iPhone, and and uh, she asked me a question, and I felt honored that I could answer it. But uh, a lot of mine has been with Carolyn, but some of mine has been trust and uh, trial and error but some things I'd like to learn are 
ordering online uh, as far as groceries and things like that. Now, Amazon, I can do okay, and it's kind of dangerous, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I can do it. And I think I'd like to learn how to uh, do put music and things like that on my phone. And I also think if we can get this going, we can have this can add members to our membership. I can think of two or three people that if we could get them interested to come would be an asset. I, my former roommate has taken to this technology with a vengeance. And so, and, and Mike Rusk, and I think Mike, Michael McCary was definitely interested. And those are two people that I think would be able to add a lot to our group if we could get them, you know, interested. And I'm really, uh, I think that this could boost our membership in the KABBI. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how to set up a listserv. I know how to use a listserv, but I can contact um, probably ACB about how to, or John Marcott knows how to do that too. He mm -hmm. He's kind of a, a member that I'm, I'm trying to get back involved. He uh, lives in California, but he can use his phone as a hotspot. He's helped me with some stuff with Jaws Tandem, but he knows how to do some of these things. And he actually stopped working at Social Security because they moved out into the country where they don't have satellite access to the computer that he needed to access to work from home, which I thought was really quite sad. Um, but he's somebody that we can probably get to help us with this. Uh, John is a former Kansan and a blind guy and uh, a blind guy with a lot of chutzpah. John has had numerous seemingly really good jobs. And if something happens like this, he just figures, well, I'll get another one. And he usually does. So uh, very, very creative, uh, flexible guy. I also want to mention that the, the Mike Rusk that Kathy mentioned is also, like Carolyn, a former teacher of assistive technology uh, from the rehab center. And he's a totally blind guy and uh, uh, has got a lot of uh, good kudos when he was working at the center for being able to talk people through things on the phone. So those would certainly be good people to involve. Mm -hmm. uh, Kathy, I was interested to hear about your, your buying groceries. That's something I haven't tried to do online <clears throat> um, a lot of people during the pandemic though are using um, instacart and uh, Walmart app the, yeah and Dylan's has one uh -huh. and um, uh, there are uh, one of the transportation providers I signed up with, when Michael quit driving is go-go grandparents and allegedly they will purchase, help you purchase groceries. They will shop for you and, and bring groceries to you. Um, that service is, uh, the transportation part is 
nine a month. I think the shopping part might be a little bit more. I don't remember. I joined and I haven't used them for a while and I need to check up on their services again. We probably should do an article about them in the newsletter and uh, probably Uber as well. Um, Kathy does have her hand raised again. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. Unmute yourself. I think I am unmuted, aren't I? You are. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, shut up, phone. Uh, anyway, yeah, I now Walmart does have it's $99 a year, and you can sign up with them and they will deliver, and you don't have to pay each time you, you know, order groceries. Right. right. And, uh, they, come, they come to our building. Uh, I think it's high fee if you buy $100 worth, yes. delivery is free. And if you, uh, uh, Dylan's, I think it's a smaller amount. I think it's $35, but I'm not sure. And they just lowered their delivery fee to a dollar something. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, Carolyn, do, do yes. you know how to set up a listserv? No, I do not. Okay. I, yeah, that would be something I'd need to learn. <clears throat> I will talk to John about whether he'd like to help us. I think he uses Groups EO, and that's EOs, and that's the same one that ACB is using right now. Um I'll talk to him. He should be on this call, but I'm sure he isn't. He uh, got the information, but yeah, he would have been calling in. I'm sure. <clears throat> Angel has her hand raised. Oh, I was just going to say I've been using the uh, Walmart delivery uh, oh for a few months now, and uh, usually they'll like I've got a, a gate and then a little tape. A, table right inside the gate and usually they'll uh put the groceries you know on on the table like i need them to right but they don't always one time they put the big things of water in the driveway on the floor and i had to call somebody from across town to come get it because there was no way i could pick it up from you know being on the ground but usually they do really well do they get what you order usually? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Not all the will deliver, though. You have to shop at certain ones, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know, just know that the one here on California delivers. Okay. Plus, I'm just a few blocks from there. So. Right. Um, so, so far, we've got, in terms of what people want to learn, we have iPhone, we have, um, let's go back in. We have um, downloading music, which I don't know how to do either. We have online grocery shopping. We have the Braille e-reader and we have the need for statewide um, access. We have, um, 
let's see, how to hook up computers, various hardware, and using other users groups. And this is something that I have thought about for some time. Like, I think probably um, the Washburn computer department has some sort of intern option for people. And it and there are users groups around the city, I'm sure, for various things. I don't know quite how to find those groups, but somebody does in, in our membership, I'm sure. Um, so we can uh, we can search that out. I'll see if John can set us up a listserv. Um, and then Kathy can talk to her people that she knows are knowledgeable on some of this stuff. And you folks from around the state, I know, Bob, you're still on. And uh, Paul, I hope, is on. And they, 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 too, need to chime in on what they'd like to learn how to do. I know we need some help with the website. And, and if I, I may interrupt, this is Cecily. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I have a change of host to announce. I would like okay. to thank Sheila for hosting and welcome back Desi Miller. Thank Good you morning, so much. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Sheila. You're Hi, very Des. welcome. Thank you, yes. Sheila. Bye. Hi, Desi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Ann, Michael, everybody else. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Um, does, does that pretty much uh, can include what we talked about on the user group, Carolyn? Two hands. Yes. I, I, I believe that's uh, more than enough to take on <laughs> okay. right now. <clears throat> um, you said we had hands, Michael? Mine's one of them, and uh, I think Kathy's is also up. Okay, we'll speak up, Michael. Okay, well, uh, three things. The, the, I wanted to just fill in some gaps that might have uh, not been known by the previous callers. Uh, out of all the assistive technologists in this country that are good at this kind of thing, you mentioned John Marcotte. I think we should mention that he is a former longtime Kansan and a former member of the board of directors of the Kansas Association of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Uh, he now lives in California and is very involved with uh, uh, the uh, California affiliate to ACB. But once you leave Kansas, Kansas, it's kind of hard to shake us off of your uh, feet totally. We the, the dirt from our state. We just love to keep people involved. And John has been very good about helping us Kansans a little bit more than uh, he might somebody from another state that doesn't know him at all. So uh, I think that's how Ann can bring him back in. Uh, he actually tried to continue on our board for a while, even after moving out of the state until we could get him replaced. Very good guy. I also wanted to explain some things that you didn't about go-go grandparents, because I do think that this is relevant to the discussion. Uh, they are, actually kind of a subsidiary organization that works with services such as Uber and Lyft. And they are relevant to this conversation because people who don't have really advanced uh, smartphones or who are 
not good with their gestures and swipes and the things that you need to do have a lot of trouble accessing the Uber app. I know it is accessible. In fact, the, the person who taught Ann and me about Uber was Judy Jackson from uh, Virginia, who is a totally blind supervisor of rehabilitation teachers there. And uh, we went all over a town that none of us were familiar with using Uber, and she was accessing Uber over her note taker. So there are all what kinds of ways if your technology very competent to do it. Uh, and I'm not criticizing Uber for not being accessible, but quite frankly, a lot of ways that you access Uber are absolutely, totally beyond the capabilities of the equipment or the knowledge that some new users have. Including yours truly. I don't know how to use Uber yet either. I am able to use Uber, but I think if I were totally blind, I probably couldn't. I use it with low vision aids on my phone and I still have the bad words come out of my mouth every time I'm setting up an Uber ride, even though I've always gotten it done. What GoGo Grandparents does, which is very helpful, is for this uh, $9.99 uh, fee per month that Ann mentioned, uh, they will be your bridge to Uber. Uh, you call GoGo Grandparents and they do all of the Uber work to set up your ride uh, and you are eligible for that service as much as you need to use it for the $9.95 uh, or $9.99 a month. Now, they are, there are other services that cost more that you can also get from them uh, they even have uh, features like, for example, uh, I'm surprised Ann lets me do this because uh, she'd have trouble getting away from me, but uh, uh, we've got it set up. So every time Ann goes somewhere on GoGo uh, uh, -Go Grandparents using Uber, I get a text message that tells me where she's going that, and she got there okay, which I'm glad to have, but that's a service that she chose to give me access to that information Otherwise, it is absolutely confidential and nobody gets that information about where you are and so on. So it, it's a really good service. And for people who are a bit technology challenged, either by virtue of equipment or competence with the equipment, uh, that is a good bridge. And it has been very helpful to us. Um, I don't, some of you online may not know that at one time, I was uh, one of those controversial bioptic drivers. I drove for many years in very limited restricted areas, but I, as I have gotten older and my beard has gotten whiter and whiter, uh, chose to quit driving uh, earlier this year, back in August, and uh, had completely managed to sell my car and get out of the driving arena by September. So uh, that has been a very useful service to us as Ann said, she hasn't used it recently, but boy, when we need it, it's very handy to have. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to do uh, with regard to the users group was talk about a new member that uh, we got just recently uh, and some of the frustrations that uh, he is having assistive technology wise and some things that I hope the group could do to help with uh, some of those issues. Uh, had a gentleman who had just recently moved back to Topeka from Kansas City. He had lived in uh, Topeka at one time uh, before, but many years before. He lives with uh, 
a number of other relatives in a pretty small house right now. And he and his father, who is very disabled uh, as a result of a stroke, share a cell phone, which uh, appears to me to be a flip phone from uh, somewhere back in the late 1990s. Needless to say, he does not have the capacity to get on and do a lot of the things that you can do with the smartphone. Uh, Go-Go grandparents would be useful to him, but I'm not sure that he's got the money to afford that right now. We haven't gotten into traveling that much because I'm working with him as an O&M specialist simply on uh, getting comfortable going to various places in uh, the community, regardless of how he gets there. But even on an old antiquated phone like that, you can get into these meetings by using the phone connections on Zoom. <coughs> but even that requires the input of a bunch of numbers. And I quite frankly can probably use the help on how to communicate that to people because uh, I took out uh, I took the time to write out what I thought were very easy directions as to how to get in to the uh, convention using that phone. And he was fully registered for the convention and took them out. Uh, he's totally blind, but he has, he has some other family members who have disabilities. So I put it in large print and thought I was explaining how you could use just an old flip phone to get into these kind of Zoom meetings. Unfortunately, even with those efforts, I haven't seen him on, so I don't think everything we tried to do works. But that is certainly the level that some of the people that are contacting our office right now and who are newly blinded or are just getting into all of this stuff, that's the level that they're at. And uh, I'd like to see us develop more of a way to help them, no matter how limited the technology is, to get in and do some of this stuff. And, and uh, I just wanted to share that to Ann's list of, of things, even though Carolyn says we've already loaded the list up plenty well. There was a meeting on ACB membership some time ago about how to involve our non-technology uh, people or our low-tech people in our organization. And I'm ashamed to say that I didn't listen to that meeting, but it's been made available as a podcast. And one of the things that they recommend is a um, telephone, uh, what do they call it? It's like a telephone calling service where you set up people, you set up a list of numbers and, and you record a message like, uh, if you call whatever number tonight at 7 o'clock, you'll be able to listen to or participate in such and such of a discussion. And we really do need to investigate that more because <clears throat> I don't think it's that expensive. And um, it would be a, a way of involving some of our uh, non-technical members in, in things like the convention or uh, other meeting things that we we tried for a long time to do conference calls every month and we did them and I would do diligent wise fix up a 
discussion option, and we just had very low, if any, participation other than the board members, which was great, but that's not the people we were looking for. So it's always a challenge to extend our membership or involve our membership across the state where we are not so that they can participate. And I'm somewhat disappointed in the convention participation because I thought we would have more people calling in, but it is what it is and we'll just have to go from there. The other topic that I wanna talk about a little bit during this time is fundraising. And as you know, I'm not really good at fundraising. I don't enjoy doing it particularly. Um, but we need to because we're spending money and we're not contributing money back to the treasury. Um, there are some things that we are not using at their capacity. One is the Dillon's card, which um, we, we, got, we tried to get set up so that people who shop at Dillon's would be paying a, a modicum of their grocery money back to KABVI. Um, we aren't shopping at Dillon's hardly at all anymore because Michael isn't driving. However, we Actually, do Actually, we are Dillon's. more because uh, there's better bus service to Dillon's than any other store. No, but we are uh, signed up for that one, but I know not a lot of think, people are. I think we have to sign up again. I think you have to do it every year. Bob um, Caffin also recently sent me information on Amazon Smile. And that is one that we will need, be needing to get more people involved with. And I am uh, going to have an article in the next KABVI news on that. I guess I'm still editing at least one more issue before we change uh, positions here. That's where I was going. Um, there also, a couple of years ago, I brought a Rada knife to show people at the board meeting. I think they have a situation where you can sign up, you can sign KABVI up, and uh, as a recipient, they're a fundraising company. That's all they do. And if people purchase knives from them, uh, they can, we can designate a certain percentage of that purchase to KABVI. I need to do more research on that one, though, because it's, uh, something that I'm not quite, I need to know more about it before I suggest it to the board. But if, if it is indeed like uh, Dylan's and Amazon where you sign up and then as you order product, funding goes back to KABVI, that's a real easy fundraiser because we don't have to do anything but take the money, basically. <laughs> and we can do that. That's not a problem. And I yes. just report that the latest I got on the Dillons, uh, we had eight families or eight people signed up right. $38, which is not a great lot, but we get that once a quarter. So every little bit helps. Yes. Good. You yeah. happen to remember if we're still on it, I can't remember what month I signed us up last in. Well, he can, we can find out Michael. Um, and and yeah. I've had I've had my hand up for quite a while. Go ahead. Uh, if if we this is going back to the users group uh, thing, if 
the thing that you need to remember is that I found out the hard way is if you do not have free long distance service, you will be charged. And maybe the people that some of the people that we thought would be on this meeting don't have free long distance service and they don't, you know, I had a $400 cable bill when we started doing church online because I didn't realize it was, you know, not free. So that's something else we have to think about. Okay. Oh my goodness, I lost my place. Okay, free long distance. I gotta write this stuff down or I'll never remember it. Okay. Um, okay. Um, <coughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place, but at any rate, um, the, the fundraising that we used to do, which was statewide, and it was usually selling something is a lot harder, I think, now because of the shipping issues that we're dealing with because of COVID and also just because of the logistics of getting things to the post office and that sort of thing. That's why if we can get a company that will do it for us, it would be much easier. And I also, I took part in a leadership conference discussion of fundraising last year <clears throat> and one of the things that they said that we don't do is they said if you're going to real utilize a donor person and we did have a significant donation from um, it wasn't security benefit life it was what was it Michael that loan bank yeah if we contact the guy that, that loaned, gave us the money for our video program again and maintain a relationship with him, like go to lunch or do something. Um, we will have a better uh, strategy for getting further funding from them. We got a call in December from somebody that wanted to donate or thought about donating some money and they were supposed to get back to us this month and I don't know that they have, but that's the kind of thing that members around the state can help us with. If there's a person that that you know is a uh, philanthropic person who donates to uh, things in your city, even let let us know or or get in contact with that person yourself and. And we probably should put together a project letter that um, tells how we need how we would be using this money. And now, allegedly, um, fundraisers are talking about um, what do they call it? System or or. Uh, office maintenance like rent and things like that that's beginning to be an accepted 
uh, fundraising option for people. Um, we, and Michael did mention, I think, didn't you, that we have submitted a letter to our landlord to see if they can rent us less expensive office space. And I think if they find out we're struggling with that, they may uh, negotiate a, a little bit lower rent. I don't know that they will. They're in the business of making money just like everybody else is. But I think if we can look at these fundraising options that don't require a lot of work on our part, like the Amazon Smile, <clears throat> the Dillons, um, uh, kind of thing, we will be able to do some fundraising. My friend Pat Tusing really wants us to have an auction. That seems to be the thing that ACB affiliates around the company country are doing and with some success. Um, I'm not thrilled about that idea but I'm kind of committed because she's been sending me things that we can sell. Um, in order to do that, though, we're going to have to look at some other ways of getting money from people. And I know, Bob, that you're not very interested in PayPal and with, with justification. I guess they were hacked the other day and a bunch of information was stolen. However, there is another strategy for collecting money from people called Square. And Square is a product that our computer guru uses. He's in, in uh, Michigan. And when we, he helps me with things like uh, getting my computer virus free and some other stuff, he bills us through Square. And <clears throat> we give him a credit card number and he submits it to Square and they pay him, and he's a very knowledgeable computer user. And um, also Donna Brown out of West Virginia, I think she's in West Virginia or Virginia, also uses Square. She's an ACB president and has found it to be quite easy to use as a blind person and also very secure. So we might want to investigate that um, because if we do an auction, We've got to have a way for people to pay us easily or they're not going to participate. Um, so I, I will be investigating that to talk about it at the next board meeting. We may even invite Donna to talk about it with us. I think you pretty well covered the things I was thinking about. But one of the things that, I, you know, we don't really want to do it, but to get a little bit of extra income, I wonder about we've had the same amount of dues for years and years and years. And all the, we haven't even thought about raising dues. And I wonder if that is something we should at least consider um, as, a, as a way of raising money. And that's, I mean, great having income. Okay. That, that's my Amen. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> but I want to go back to Go Go Grandparent because I also use Go Go have used Go Go Grandparent. And um, can you still get individual rides without a subscription? I don't know. I didn't because know you could I, do that. 
yeah, because I used to just, I mean, they have my credit card information, but when I need a ride, I call. I don't pay a monthly fee. I don't know. Okay. Because I did not know that that, that that was a possibility to do the monthly fee. You also, well, and it doesn't, all it does is, is pay their administrative costs. They have a whole level tiers of, of, instruct, of services, including uh, health care or caregiver services. They, I don't know that they're available here in Topeka, but they've got quite an array of services. Yes, I'm aware they have lots of services, but I'm not aware that you... Subscription, yeah. Okay, but I had, not, I had not ever done a subscription. Oh. So I will, I, and I don't think I need a subscription right now, but I just wondered if I ever would need a ride sometime in a situation if I could still get an individual. So I will call them and ask I, I them about know. that. All right, maybe, thank you. So maybe, maybe that was a uh, promo that they had or something. I don't know. Okay. That's a good right. idea. I'll find out. Okay. Uh, Raising dues is a possibility. Was there somebody else? I've, I've got my hand up again. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the thing that I uh, wanted to also comment on with regard to fundraising that uh, I had an article in the KABBI News about oh, a little over a year ago, but maybe it's time for another one just to remind people and uh, so on is uh, we are still accepting the donation of cars. We still have that arrangement with uh, the organization that uh, picks up the car and uh, uh, sells it at auction and then uh, divvies up the money. There are administrative costs and so on, but uh, I gave them uh, our old white van that many of you rode in back when it was more dependable, but it was uh, only starting about 50% of the time when I wanted to use it. And since I had no place to park it off of the street, that was a bit of a problem if uh, it sat there too long and the city placard did it. So we decided finally to just get rid of it. And after all was said and done, even in the condition it was in, KABVI got $167 some cents off of it. Now that's not a lot of money, but there are a lot of people who, if you don't have uh, old cars, uh, you walk through your neighborhood and you find out somebody's got three or four old cars in their uh, yard. It's worth giving those to KABVI. And I do not have our 800 number that is set up for you to call and give us cars in front of me right now, but I will be definitely putting that in the news again. Uh, since we have, uh, since I have stopped driving as a low vision driver and don't do that anymore. We sold our car that was uh, running well. Couldn't quite afford to just give that one away. But uh, I have one other car in the garage that's currently not running right now. And uh, yeah, as soon as the weather clears up a little bit and I get it cleaned up a little bit more, uh, it's going to be going to KABVI as well. And I will tell you that the process was extremely easy to deal with. The people were great. They sent the tow truck to pick it up when they were supposed to be here. They showed up. Uh, all I had to do was uh, sign the title over to them. And uh, then a few weeks later, we got the check. So uh, if you know people who are 
trying to figure out what to do with a car that is not running or not running dependably anymore, or they're just not using anymore. Uh, that is helpful to give the car to KABVI and needless to say, they get the tax deduction. Unfortunately, the uh, Trump tax cuts, while they have helped uh, end me out certainly and that uh, we've gotten a little bit more back from the IRS because of them, uh, aren't as good for us uh, not-for-profit organizations because uh, there's a bigger automatic deductible before you can use those uh, uh, donation deductions. And maybe that's one reason that donations and things like the car programs and so on are a little bit lower than they have been for a while. But at one time when KABVI first started their car donation program fundraising, uh, we were getting as much as $10,000 a year, which would get us out of uh, the wrong color of ink real fast if we could get anywhere close to that again. And uh, so uh, just keep in mind that we have stayed with that program, even though some years we haven't made anything from it at all. And some years we've only made a few hundred bucks uh, over the last few years, if that. But uh, uh, it's not a program that we want to give up. And I think with uh, the changing times and the pandemic and people not getting out as much and so on, we may be able to bring that back a little bit. So uh, that's that. And uh, I see where it's about time that we go on to yep. the video now. We do need to do that. say that Eric and Michelle Bowling donated two cars to to us several years ago. And I think that the dues, uh, raising the dues is a good idea. I pay $92 a year to keep in Lions Club. And of course, I think it's well worth it. But I think that we as a board probably need to, in our next meeting, bring this up and talk about it, but I think the dues need to be raised and I've thought so for several years. Okay. Thank you. I put it on my list. $45 MasterCard from you, Mr. Byington. 25, not 45. 25. What did I say? 45? That's 25. <laughs> okay. It's not from me. It's from Byington. Get a number. Okay, Alexa, generate a number between 1 and 42. Here's a number between 1 and 42. It's 22. 22, Mr. Treasure. That's Joanne Martin in from All Dodge right. City. All right. Okay. Um, what about the membership report? It was on the same um, time slot that we're in right now. Okay. That's real Hopefully. quick. <laughs> the, <clears throat> as of this was after the certifications and the new add-ons of 21, uh, we have 94 members. And, right. our, and our mailing list is at 393. Good. <clears throat> so we've we've in, increased a little, <clears throat> but you know we're we're in the uh, the time to do new certifications for this year. Right. <clears throat> One of the things I will be working on after the convention is contacting that 
the people on that list that you gave me that need you need emails for and we'll see if they want to rejoin okay <clears throat> good thank you that's, i'm sorry that's all i needed uh, okay i'm sorry i forgot you that's okay <clears throat> okay 1205 white cane users alerting drivers reverend gene berkwood 